Do I smell smoke? You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Well, if you want to be like me, a loser, go ahead and smoke. You make weed look so uncool. Nah, niggas, weed. You're into baking. It's kind of passion. Why do you think they call it dope? There's all kinds of weird shit. The further I got into it, the more I liked it. You'd love it. They had a great goddamn time. That's even a bit woozy, doesn't it? I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Bowl after bowl. Oh, yes. Another bowl. It's this bowl. It comes right after last bowl. In an infinite stream of bowls. Another Tuesday night. You know what that means. That means uh, it's greens for you if you're listening live. I am... Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're a bowler listening to Bowl After Bowl, episode 249. June 6th this time. 2023. How about that? How do you like those numbers? I can uh, I can deal with those numbers. I can dig, uh, dig the energy. 6-6. Six, six. It's just a uh, three, three times two. Yeah. It's a magic number. Got to flip the day number. Then we'll be there. We'll finally be there. Oh. 69! 69, dudes! Can it's, almost feel it. It's coming. It is coming. It's coming right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, Friday. Friday, yeah! Friday. Going to be uh, 33 gonna be a little wild turning 33 i don't know what to do about it really <laughs> party stay out of the headlines for a whole year that's for sure that's that's my only goal answer no phone calls from unrecognized numbers yeah i think that sounds good that, that sounds like a good plan yeah uh if you want to come out and celebrate with us we finally solidified the arrangements we are so dumb shitty at planning what are you talking about? I've done a wonderful job planning this whole thing. We have three bowling lanes reserved. Yeah, I just mean myself. I near mean me. Uranus. Yeah, we're gonna we're <laughs> doing bowling near Uranus, and I just made the reservations. Uh, we got three lanes for Saturday, the tenth, at uh, Fort Leonard Wood. They got the daughter dar well Dartree Bowling Center. God damn, it looks like Daughtry, but it's not spelled right. No. Darty. Darty. <laughs> the Darty Boarding Center there. Yeah, D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. I just said be. Daughtry a lot. It do, it looks like Daughtry. But the R they comes They just flipped the, the R and the T. 
I think they just put the sign up wrong and the website wrong. I think it's actually Daughtry. <laughs> well, after the reservation, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, we got it reserved. How old is the child? 33. <laughs> the child's turning 33. Oh, we can't make a birthday reservation. <laughs> no, we just need like, three lanes, man. I, I don't need the fucking clown to come out and spank my ass, dude. I just need three <laughs> lanes, man. Can I just reserve three lanes? Is that all right? Yeah, so we want to see you there, 1 to 3 p.m. this Saturday. Yeah. Uh, it's technically in Fort Leonard Wood, the bowling center. Yes, bowling near Uranus, but then we're going to... Party it up in Uranus. We're going to go up to Uranus, because they have some kind of fudge factory that yeah. we were told about uh, by our Springfield and Joplin buddies. Yeah, you got to go pack fudge in Uranus. It it only makes sense. <laughs> it only makes sense. The website... Is pretty much all of the jokes you would expect. They really lean into it. Uh, so yeah, if that sounds like fun to you, come on down. We'll be there from one to three bowling, and then right after we'll be up the road some. So I don't know. Uh, tag me on the NAS if you have questions or yeah, or me or Lorian. That's the, probably the best way. Yes, to get in <laughs> touch because I will be. Lorian actually communicates. I'm uh, whatever. I'm a little retarded. That's all. Just a little. I have all of my notifications that just bleed together in a sea of notifications, so I just, like, kind of round-robbing them whenever I can. (laughs) Yeah, dude, the scroll on by. It's pretty bad at this point. you got to have a different fucking app. Everybody's on, like, a different app, you know? What's apps got to do with it? Discord, Telegram, NAS. Oh, I see what you're saying. Slack, uh, Teams. (laughs) I just got two just for work with Slack and Teams. This is so why, what do we, we got at Slack and Teams? Yeah, that's ridiculous. And then p- some people are on Telegram only, and like, if you don't hit them up on Telegram, then you'll never get back to you. I don't want to use Telegram. If I, didn't, if I didn't have to use, you know, if there were groups and people I relied on for communication through Telegram, I wouldn't be using that mug <laughs> at all. I have no reason to use it, except for certain people who insist on only being able to be contacted there. Ugh. <sighs> mm. Ugh, it's just such a fucking drag, man. Everything is. <laughs> uh, this is what you know. This is the decentralized thing, though. I guess, right? Yeah, just give your phone number. You know, that's how I am. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Yeah, eight one six six zero seven three six six three. There you go. Always there for you. Yeah, just send us a text. But Mastodon social is the second most reliable way for me. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with me. Or you can text the bowl line. I think we get an email about that or something. <laughs> It'll go on the stack Jesus. somewhere. Holy moly. <laughs> it's never too late to be a hermit like me. I just say fuck no to all those apps. I'm kind of like the uh, caboose on the birthday train, really, if you think about it. Everybody's been uh, birthday cascading up to this point. Yeah. Gemini season, man. And then we get a little break. I don't know like who's... I can't even think of the next birthday. I have personal friends whose birthday comes up next, but... We did, uh... My buddy Quinn's kid, uh... Two of his kids actually had a birthday. Yeah. And his mom. Same week. All in the same week. So and we, then his wife's birthday is next week. Mm-hmm. That's who I was thinking of. For who's next next. It's just a gang of Gemini. If you find one of us, you'll find, like, dozens of us all around. It's... It's, it's uh... I don't know how that happens. And before this, it was lavish carb lanes. Yeah. August and September must just be like really great months to knock uh, ladies up. Mm. 
That's the only thing I can figure. Yeah. Our little John. Hmm? You don't have to figure. You know. Well, anytime's a great time for me. I don't know. I'm not that picky. <laughs> I look at my calendar and I'm like, yeah, this is looking good too, though. <laughs> Does it end in day? We're there. <laughs> exactly. There we go. That's it. That's the spirit. Oh, we got boobs in July. That's right. Boobie and my sister have the same birthday. Yeah, that's wild. And I always forget that until it rolls around again. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, but though. Leo Weird. gang. Weirdness. Our oldest is in August. Uh, Yeah, so we celebrated the zoo. We walked all over the zoo and then had a cookout. Oh, yeah. Yesterday. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. For the kids and adults. Because we get to flash our <laughs> premier friend of the zoo card around, which sounds so big deal. But it's not being a county resident. Yeah. You make a donation to the zoo, and there's set amounts for levels, friend levels, like friend of the zoo levels. And we were always just on the basic plan. But the Kansas City Zoo, for anyone that's ever been there, it hasn't changed much over the years. It's a very spread out. So you're going to want to ride the tram to these different countries and stuff where the animals are. Mm-hmm. And if you step up your friends of the zoo level to premiere, you get a card instead of just a piece of card stock. You get a real <laughs> card with all your family names on it, and you get free train and tram rides along with the Sky Fari, which is that bench, like a, a ski lift that goes over the African animals. So you just... Brought our friends, flash that card, I'll get to ride the tram for free. Feeling fancy as fuck at the zoo. No doubt. And yeah. it was what? $15 extra? Well, it's like we had the first year membership, and then there's this sweet spot when renewal's coming up where they just run this promotion to get everybody to renew real quick. And it's like if you renew during that promotional week or something, I'm pretty sure it's just a week, then they give you a steep discount on next year. And so, like... With the discount, the upgraded premium was only ten bucks more yeah. than the regular membership. We did. And I was like, Duh. "Yeah, that's a no-brainer." Yeah, and being a county resident, the bottom basic membership there already covers like the price of two admissions. Yeah, it's crazy not to do it. Yeah, if you go twice, then you you made it. You did it. But that was a blast. We go way more than twice because it's like six minutes from my driveway. Yeah. To the parking space. Lions were sleeping right up against the glass yesterday. So that was cool. Just taking it easy. Yep. Yeah, it was a pretty nice day. Pretty nice day. Uh, what else I got? Oh, yeah, you heaped me a bunch of early birthday presents. Yeah, <clears throat> I blame the kids. <laughs> because they were just like, my grandma sent you some presents. And they were like, go on, Dad, open them. And I was like, oh, should I just get what I got them to down here? And the kids were like, yeah, let's do it. Because we're all circled around, just ready to go. Yeah, it was cool. We got a bunch of wolf rings. The wolf Zippo your grandparents sent me. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, what else? You got me a bunch of bowling uh, magazines and yeah. books? And how like, to, uh, how to maintain the lanes. Yeah, It'll the, come in handy someday. Zen and the Art of... Uh, Bowling alley lane maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Not too bad. Not too bad of all. And there was like a few serving platter bowling themed stuff you got me too that was oh. cute. Yeah. 
We've already used them, so I'm fine if it breaks now because we put it to use once. Give <laughs> it one round of chips and nachos. Yep. Or chips and uh, salsas. Well, it, so there's, yeah, one's shaped like a bowling pin, and it's got a, on the head of the pin a tray for your sauce, and then the bottom body of the pin is where you can put all your chips. Perfect for couch snacking. Then I, there's a bowling ball that I thought had little appetizer forks in it, but they are all four cheese spreaders. Yeah. Imagine my disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I haven't, I haven't put that one to use yet, but sometimes maybe you gotta, someday. <laughs> sometimes you got to spread them. Yeah, we're going to need some bagels and schmear. Bagels and schmear over here. Yep. Give one each to the kids. Here, use it, use it. Okay, now it's been used. I won't cry when it breaks. Yeah, pretty solid overall. Yeah, and that's not even your birthday. It's just like pre-birthday. Yeah, just getting warmed up. Yeah, I got you a great photo frame so that we can take a picture at the bowling alley Saturday. Oh, yeah, that'll be cool. And then we'll put it in there. The picture frame is shaped like a bowling pin, so that'll be in the bowl forever and ever. Honoring the 33rd birthday. Only happens once. It's true. A magical birthday. And baby Sam... Has moved into a crib. Yeah. Except for John kicked out the bars at the end of the crib. <laughs> so we were thinking about getting another crib, and then I thought, no, nah, you know what? Let's just do a pack and play. One of those fold-up cribs. First of all, way cheaper. Second of all, you can travel with it, yeah, which you, is perfect. You collapse it and... Uh... It slips into a little carry bag. Yeah. You just throw it over your shoulder. You got a crib with you on the go. And John has one that we use at your dad's house, at Pop's house. And now Sam will have one for wherever, including Pop's house. So, And then if the kids want a whole room to play in, just break it down. Yeah, it's the only reasonable decision. Yeah. And we've thrift scored one in like new condition for 10 bucks. Yeah, all in all, uh, pretty good moves. It was a win. So, yep, he's sleeping peacefully. He got down the 7 p.m. falling asleep routine pretty good. So now he's moving on to eating applesauce, too. Give my tits a break. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> oh, man. Did we talk last week? I feel like we did about the, the nocturnal intruders there. I don't recall. We had some... Uh, Recently. Big-ass raccoons coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must have been last week because we were watching Pop's Dogs. I was mm -hmm. about to let him out. I came face to face with a raccoon about my size, honestly. <laughs> they were pretty enormous. Yeah. And then they didn't get spooked by me. They just went right back to eating our chicken food. Rude. Bastards. Flipped the light on and everything. They looked at me, looked at the food, went back to the food. So I was ready for blood. <laughs> Sent the dogs out on them. They left. But they came back. Yeah, they came back on Sunday night. I heard a noise that was like, Sounded like something fell in the bathtub, really. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Only it wasn't the right direction. Yeah, because I was like, I think that came from outside. Do you think it's the raccoons? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> no, as soon as you said the raccoons, I was like, oh, fuck, that probably is it. Because I didn't even think of that as a possibility. Yeah. Until you mentioned it. So while you were confirming, I was already on my way downstairs. Yes, get the crossbow. Grab the crossbow. Because uh, the nice thing about a crossbow is you can shoot it. And it doesn't make uh, very much noise at all. Yeah. It goes click. Oh, I, man. And that, uh, they were, there were two of them, and the bigger one was in the back. There was like a massive one and then a pretty big one. 
And the massive one, as soon as I flicked the lock up on the sliding door, it was like, eh, fuck this. And it kind of waddled out, off out of there. And the other one kind of stepped back from the food bucket and looked around. And it was like, nah, everything's fine. And then he dove his face back in there, just grabbing fistfuls of that. Now, let me pause you there for a second. Jamming it in his mouth. Because I keep the chicken food in what's called a Vittles vault. And it's got this sliding screw on cap Mm -hmm. with their little hands they have screwed off that cap that disturbs me well those are strong little hands raccoons dude they got fingers and hands and all that shit yeah they can get things open i know but to screw it off they're talented they're talented so he was in there horrifying he had half his body in the food yeah he was in the vault so i just like slid that door open real quiet and the the curtain was parted just enough, drew a beat on him and just boom, right in the back, right in the middle of the back. <laughs> One shot. Uh, he stumbled a little ways off of the porch. but He didn't, he didn't make a sound either. He didn't get far. No, no. He just took it. Maybe he popped his lungs. I think, yeah, something prevented him from really being too loud about it. Died like a bitch with the <laughs> chicken food still in his mouth. <laughs> Seriously, though. He didn't get out of our yard. And you had just taken your contacts out, so then you're out there with your flashlight staring at the blood like, well, is he over here? Is he oh over here? Oh, my God. It was so irritating because my contacts. And I, I've got the baseball bat. I'm like, I don't know, but I don't want to run into the other one. I took him out for the night. So, I don't know. The shot was a close enough one that that one was an obvious shot to make. But then when I'm looking around for him in the yard, I couldn't see fucking anything. Yeah. <laughs> I could see, like, the blood trail, but then it like it, it's hard to follow through the tall grass because I need to mow. Uh, but then I popped the contacts back in one little sweep and oh there he is it was pretty obvious right there by the shed yeah he was biggin could have fed us for two nights I just didn't uh, I wasn't prepared I wasn't really ready I didn't have no kind of string em up device or nothing I hadn't watched like three YouTubes of (laughs) hillbillies cutting up uh, raccoons it's all right. that's what I did for the goose I kind of (laughs) did some fast research but with the raccoon, I was like, man, I don't have time for this shit, honestly. We have a field next to our house, yeah. so we just sacrifice the body to nature, and he has been fed upon for sure. The buzzard's got to eat, too. Yep. It, uh, that's the facts. So, yeah, I wonder if the big guy will come back. I doubt it. He'd be pretty stupid, too. Well. And Kansas City just gave out recycling bins And no one can fit them in their garage or their house or anything. So they've got all these bins they can just flip up and hop into now for food and whatever. Yeah. And I know the city put directions on it. Make sure you wash out food containers before you throw them in here and whatever. But who reads? Reading is already too much. Yep. Yep. So I'm sure he'll feast somewhere somewhere else. There's also a gang of well-fed cats in our neighborhood. Yeah. And the raccoons just get in on the leftovers. Yeah, that was definitely an adventure. It was a thriller. <laughs> it, was, it was very wild. Out there in the night times looking for the body. Where did it go? Where the hell is he? <laughs> I didn't expect him to make it off the porch, honestly. I mean, it's just yeah. nailed him pretty good. Yeah, and he did get pretty far, just not out of the yard. I knew he wouldn't be able to climb for sure on anything. Woo. But the chicken food in his mouth fucking killed me. Oh, my God. <laughs> chicken food. Right there. Got Not caught, man. Swallowed. Straight up got caught. Yep. 
Oh, man. Fuck around, find out. I guess so. That's how it goes. Uh, You know how else it goes, though? This is how it goes. It's called a Value for Value podcast. We put it out there, and we say, hey, uh, analyze it. Think about it. Tell us what value you might receive from the program. We don't do no paywall. We don't make you get it a certain place. It's just available. Anywhere you can get a podcast, you can get this one. And then we ask, uh, if you get any value from it, uh, don't go and use a promo code to uh, buy some kind of butt hair shaver or some weird underwear. No, all you got to do is just think of a value that you could return to the show. And that's it. That's all. It's like a real simple and open-ended. That way you can uh, get in where you fit in, as it were. You know? People have all kinds of different things they're good at. People are really good at the treasure thing. You know, just keep up with it. It's in value all over the place. Some people ain't got no treasure to speak of, but they can do the promo. They can do the word of mouth. They can do the ISOs. They can make the musics. They do all kinds of stuff. Uh, right up front, I want to say thanks to Make Heroism. Because he made the art that you're seeing for this episode tonight. Perfect example. And it's beautiful and wonderful and retro and looks like something you would see at the drive-in movies during your intermission. It's fantastic. Hit the bowl after bowl lanes. Thank you, bitch. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Make Heroism. Uh, lots of different ways, but we always like to say thank you uh, right up front to everyone sending their treasure in. You could... Hit the PayPal by going to bullafterbull.com and hitting the donate button on the bottom of any page. And you can also use that button to set up a recurring payment like our buddy Kevin S. Kevin, thank you. The central coast of California, he comes in with a $5 a month. And it hit again this month like clockwork on the first. So we appreciate that very much, sir. Thank you. The recurring payments are super helpful so that we can... Automate the bills out of there. Yeah, that's right. Get it covered. Most of the monthlies come out of there, and so then monthlies go in, monthlies come out. We balance it all. It's a big balancing act. Which uh, isn't as easy as it seems when you get behind the curtain, you know. That's for sure. The room starts kind of leaning. Uh, we also thank everybody who sends in boosts in the form of a boostagram. We got a funky jingle for that. We do, actually. Uh, now that you mention it. I'm gonna boost some sides. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Bullers agree it's fucking awesome. And that's why they're boosting about it. I always like to scroll back uh, to my fade out. There he is. Harfat, 1420 sets out of CurioCaster. Thanks, six, Harfat. Six days ago. There were some test tokes, testicles going on after the show. Uh, I can't remember exactly what C Dubs was testing, but he was hard at work at uh, hard at work on something testing. Uh, then I got the very next boost. Uh, Harfat again, excuse me, coming in forty two sixty nine. Harfat, thank you. As soon as he saw that live ping, and we do go live every Tuesday night, right around nine, uh, just a little bit after nine, when uh, DH Unplug wraps up. Usually my styles, I'm still doing some finishing touches, getting ready, and so I'll play a few stony-themed tunes, and kind of by the last call, we throw the live sign on and get ready to rock. Uh, and then we uh, do this little thing, this little party, every Tuesday night. And once we wrap, we turn the live ping off and uh, produce the show. 
you can always hang out with us afterwards at stream.bullafterbull.com. We say goodnight to the No Agenda stream and just hang out over there, do our thing. And uh, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. There's all kinds of weird shit. It's true. Uh, next up, oh, we got an extra one. 4269 from Harvat at a curio caster. He just says, extra one. Well, thanks for the extra. Yeah, thanks, Harvat. He wanted to hear the pins fall. Ah, that makes sense. Well, here, I'll give you an extra one. A long one. Uh, next up, 9999 from Cotton Gin. Cotton Gin! Oh, he's Thank back. Thank you. He's back. He's back with a 9999 out of Podverse. He said, I like sats, though. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I like sats. I can't believe you like sats, too. We should hang out. <laughs> Uh, next up, 8888, ain't that great, from NetNed out of Fountain. Oh, thank you, NetNed. He is boosting that live tag out of Fountain, which you can do now, which I am uh, very very jazzed and stoked about. Uh, he says, sometimes work makes you slut out to dirty skank apps, all on the dirtiest OS whore of all. Windows! Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes, it feels nasty. It feels icky. You need a Linux shower after all that. How do you like it? Uh, I like this one next. 29,169 from a boy, Piranesi. Aw, thanks, Piranesi. Also coming out of that fountain app. And uh, also boosting that live tag. No note, just the boost. 25 seconds ago. We thank you very much. And uh, thank all of our boosters and our streamers. Streaming sats. As you listen live or uh, after... In perpetuity, that's the cool thing about it. As I had to reteach myself, you can actually, you know, go back and listen to podcasts like anytime you have time. It doesn't have to be the live. I had to retrain my brain, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, the node, it's churning along. It's everything seems to be in great order after the big up, uh, upgrade. Oh, I was going to ask you about that in the shit stain section. Uh, yeah, we might talk about it in a second, but... Uh, before that, we always want to point out that there are many other ways you could contribute to any given value for value production uh, if you have an idea of what's valuable. Such as, previously stated, passing the bowl. That's the easiest thing to do. You know someone that's going to like this production? Well, tell them about it. Simple as. You can also make art, like make heroism, make jingles, like Hey Citizen, or... You can share your lovely voice with us in a voicemail. Every week we have a first time I ever topic. And this week we want to hear about the first time you ever peed during a podcast. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right. We'll play it. We won't screen it beforehand, so uh, anything goes. And if you're voice shy or in a dead zone, you can always text us or send a picture message. Yep. All of that works. It's all valid. And it comes straight to the bowl. You had to mention um, Hey Citizen making jingles. And uh, he has made what I really think is his greatest work yet. Uh, it was going to be a, in a post-show, end-of-show mix, right? Yeah. Uh, 
and it's just this massive salute to all the NA stream shows. It's uh, it's so great, so excellent. They played it on the live stream, but then I don't know, maybe it just didn't qualify for whatever reason. Uh, it's a Piano Man cover. Yes. It's uh, past five minutes, so maybe that's why. Or it mentions all the other shows, maybe that's why. I don't know. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. We were all wondering why we heard it in the pre-show. live stream pre-show, but then not again in the uh, in the end of show mix. But hey, uh, the beauty about it is you could hear it here. Would you want to play it? I feel like you could Please. hear it here. Yes. I want to hear it again. on a show day The IRC crowd shuffles in There's an isobot clipping mp3s made with love by a dude named Cotton Gin It records from the stream to its memory Then it makes a sound bite from the show And if you think that's neat That's just one of the treats Found in podcasting 2.0 Oh la la diddy da La la diddy da da dum Listen with love and light Show support using lewd numerology For whatever price you think is right Carolyn and Sir Fletcher are friends of mine. They both host on the hog story.net. It's a real thought provoker when they light up the smoker. There's no place that you'd rather be. You'll find Lavish and the Mothman behind the schemes as the boys at Rare Encounter discuss anime. Even Christopher Battles is a superstar Leaving voicemails all over the place Oh la la diddy da La la diddy da Now Adam is a true podcast specialist Not to mention the keeper, his wife And he's talking with Dave Cause that's the real podcast sage That brought the whole podcast index to life Boot! The Millennial Media Offensive 
talk politics and then the bowl after bowlers get stoned. Typically naked. We sit back and relax using new podcast apps because it's better than listening alone. That's my hot meal. I just felt something hot on my legs and I realized that I was just peeing on myself. Send a boostagram. Boosty boosty. Listen along tonight. Boost me, bitch. Cause we're all in support of the liberty. Helping Mo Facts bring new shit to light. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. It's a pretty good crowd. And it's a Monday. All the boosters are sharing a smile. Cause they get it for free and return V for V to forget about life for a while. And the soundboard, it sounds like a carnival. John C. Dvorak cracks open a beer. Soon the chat room will be giving karma for free. Go podcasting! Listen along, sending Boostagram. Boostagram. Listen with love and light. Podcasts are cool. Show support for the whole podcast family. Because they've got us feeling all right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what about all that, huh? A Citizen yeah. is a genius. No doubt about it. It should be in the No Agenda stream rotation. I love that suggestion, Booberry. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know what? It makes nothing but sense. Sense and sense alone. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a feel-good one. Yeah, it was wonderful. It's uh, uh we were talking about it, and he did point out it was like a long one, but I was like, yeah, you know, it doesn't feel long, though, because there's just so much, you know. Well, A, the song is familiar, right? Because it's a cover piano, man. So you kind of understand what you're in for, right? Yeah. But then uh, with all the ISOs, drops, and, and, and references and stuff, it's just, it's like a treasure hunt, almost. It's like an audio treasure hunt. Uh, Definitely. And those vocals are amazing. That's great, yeah. Yeah, he did the uh, Zappa style. Slow it down and sing. Oh, the old chipmunk. Yeah, the old uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Wow. What a dude. Genius. Uh, real accordion play. Get your real accordion play. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll put that. He said anybody wanted it could have it, so uh, I'll try to have a file in the show notes if you want it. Yeah. Value for value art. This is the way. Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. It's just a piece of the value, and it's uh, part of the hype and part of the part of the whole uh, the ecosystem out there. That's wonderful. 
It's wonderful. You don't have to uh, even have a podcast to produce. You just got to produce stuff. That's what's so cool about Value for Value. Uh, value! Uh, also, what's cool about the end of the segment is I have a nice little uh, way to roll into a second segment. Well, hold on. I, I heard some pins fall before you're right. we get you know, there. You're right. There were some pins falling. Uh, both of these coming out of Boost CLI, actually. Oh, very sovereign. A nice little uh, command line interface app that lets you boost from your own node. Direct. No middleman. And uh, the first one was for 33333 from Booberry. And uh, he says... Oh, shit, yes. I mean, uh, he says, I'm looking forward to touching y'all in Uranus. Oh, now, now. Oh, now, now. Oh, uh, we'll leave the lamp on for you. Yeah, there you go. And then a seventeen seven seventy six uh, boost from Boosty from also Booberry, because you know it would be. Actually, technically, it's Zosobi Booberry, Freak of Hazard, Mothman, the Mini Ocalypse, and the Horror of Yig. We want to get real technical. Yeah, fluttering around your uh, back porch light. He says, uh, "Small group plus plus." <laughs> Oh, man. So small you can never fit them all. That's another thing that he mentioned to me is like, once you start naming shows, we've fallen into this trap many times. Like the once you, list. Once you start naming the shows, then it's like, mm. well, now the ones that you leave off are, and it's impossible. It's impossible to list them all. Yeah. It's always a, a daunting task anyway. Daunting task. Uh, Anyway, yeah. I love everybody just showering each other in value, spraying value all over the faces of uh, no agenda nation. It's just how we were taught, man. It's what we do. Embody value. Shit, I love boosters. Um, thank you, Blueberry. Yes, thank you, sir. We appreciate you. We're looking forward to uh, touching you and your anus as well. <laughs> thank you, bitch. Uh, now is it time? Can I do that thing? Do it. Are you sure? Yeah, let's pull. Oh, yeah, yeah. Makes you really want to build a node. Um, Or update a node, right? Or update a node. Yeah, I guess we could start off with that. I did a little uh, node fixing. I'm fixing a node. When my sat's coming to get my treasure traveling where it will go. Oh yeah. Fix that damn node. Uh major update for Raspy Blitz to version 1.9. And having already done this a few times, um, I just kind of made backups of the things that I usually have to redo or rewrite out. Things like setting up a system D service for the boost pod and uh, oh the custom helipad. Luckily um, I think the eternal tag team of uh, Booberry and Servo came up with a, a nice little step by step on how to update that uh, update that custom MP3 sound that fires off in helipad. Nice. So I just always refer to that document to remind myself where everything is and the steps. And uh, yeah, I just crank that thing out. You just have to reflash a new SD card, turn it on with the new SD card in it. 
update your known hosts because the SSH fingerprint, of course, is going to be new. And then uh, you're off to the races. You just have to tell it your password, your new password one. If you wish to change it, you can keep the old one. And then it just restores your shit. Takes uh, maybe an hour, maybe less. And then uh, I'm just up and rocking. Even my tunnel sats was already uh, nice and ready. I just had to recall the script, the setup script. But since I backed those up as well, I didn't even have to do any extra work this time. It's the easiest update that I've ever had on Raspy Blitz. As far as uh, it working different or having different extra features, I haven't really dove into much of uh, anything new on it. The one thing that uh, I noticed was a little different is now there's two images available right from the jump. One just has the uh, bare minimum stuff, and so it doesn't come equipped with like an LCD screen capability or the web UI or anything like that, just for uh, command line boys, like the SSH stuff. And then they have another image called the Fat Pack, which has all of that bullshit for a little bit uh, more starter-friendly or new-friendly peoples so you can kind of make a choice once you're building it for the first time do i want the bare minimums or do i want the fat pack and uh yeah i mean you're gonna have pretty much the capabilities of the whole node no matter which one you pick it's just how do you want to interact with it mainly so yeah nothing really new there honestly it's the same old just a new update sweet that's always good news in node world It's it's just painless that was the nice thing yeah. Some of them have been a little, I don't know, clumsy on my part. But uh, this one is just uh, no no big cheese, man. No big cheese. If you're on 1.8 and waiting around, uh, I say green light go, man. Just update it. You will find that it is uh, just fine. Just fine. But uh, I guess there's no avoiding what everybody's talking about right now. Uh, hairs on fire, people running around in circles because the big bad SEC has finally put its cock on the table and has brought an action against Binance and CZ. They're suing in federal court for blatant disregard of the federal securities laws, according to the complaint. Also name-dropping some coins it deems as unregistered securities. And, uh, they're finally making their move to crack down on these, uh, Trade fests of unregistered securities. Uh, 13 charges in the Binance complaint. Uh, alleging deception, conflicts of interest, lack of disclosure, calculated evasion of the law, according to Gary Gensler. They've attempted to evade U.S. security laws by announcing sham controls that they disregarded behind the scenes so that they could keep high-value U.S. customers on their platforms. The public should be aware... Uh, the public should beware, excuse me, of investing any of their hard-earned assets with or on these unlawful platforms. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And uh, that was yesterday, by the way. I'm going to have the link of the uh, SEC press release and the... I got the motion, too. Yes, the motion jury trial demanded. Mm. In the civil action suit, SEC... Versus Binance, BAM Trading Services, BAM Managements, and Changping Zhao himself, the name defendants. And then today, uh, the second nut dropped, SEC sues Coinbase for running unregistered securities exchange brokerage and clearing agency. Oh, there it is. Kaboom, kabam. So uh, filed in the uh, U.S. District Court for SDNY, where the hell else? Feels like they get every case. 
uh, alleging that Coinbase and CGI violated certain registration provisions of the SEC Act of 1934, and that Coinbase violated the SEC offering, uh, or the Securities Offering Registration Provisions, excuse me, of the Securities Act of 33. Oh, ding, ding, ding. It's crazy how uh, these 90-year-old laws are, are getting all triggered now. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like the last time they really updated any of the run-the-money laws was in the 30s. Hmm. Weird, weird, weird. Yeah, the the last depression and everything. The big bad one. Ah, it's just so... I don't know. It it sucks because it's like, can they both lose? I wish they could both lose. That'd be so cool. Because, um... You mean the SEC and Binance and Coinbase? Yeah, lose. everybody lose. Well, they do have to go to court, so that already sucks. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the SEC is also claiming that coins such as Solana, uh, Cardano, Matic, uh, Sand, whatever the fuck all these are, Flow, ICP, whoop whoop, <laughs> Near, VGX, Dash, and Nexo are securities put on notice. It's basically all the staking coins um, that have a staking program. Binance has a staking service and uh, Coinbase has a staking service where you can stake or deposit or uh, lock up certain amounts of crypto and then make a yield on them. Uh, And a few of the, there's a few different things that uh, trigger a security. Uh, Things like a huge pre-mine for insiders, um, raising money on the promise of uh, expected return, lots of different things. And so, interestingly, Bitcoin is not named uh, in any of the lawsuits, which uh, Gensler's gone on record before, um, kind of similarly hinting without really outright explicitly saying that Bitcoin sort of fell out of a lot of these other definitions. But we'll see how this goes. We'll see how it goes along. They want a jury trial for both. They uh, want to hold both accountable and it's the first real big showdown. Uh, a lot of these crypto companies have been whining about uh, clarity in the law. And um, I don't know. I think that we'll at least get a little bit of clarity of precedent after all of this churns through the legal system. Yeah. Some of the biggest swinging dicks in crypto and in the government finance sector going to war. So... uh Ethereum That's wasn't insane. named either, was it? Well, not in the Coinbase one, but uh, Ethereum was named in one of these complaints. Oh. I think in the Binance uh, section where they talked about the staking program specifically. There was a bit of chatter in it in the uh, Casey Bitcoiners group chat. Casey Coiners. The Coiners. Yeah, um... I don't know. There was, uh... It seemed very the most nuanced about uh, Ethereum, although it do- did get uh, explicitly mentioned Hmm. and there's a little bit of debate on whether or not like they're saying ETH is a security versus uh, the staking program is a security but uh, really if you read through oh no this is the Coinbase complaint actually uh, officially Uh, section 5 subsection 310 I think that's how it works Coinbase began offering its staking program to US investors in or around November 2019 as a means to participate in and profit from the proof-of-stake consistency mechanism of the Tezos blockchain. Today, the staking program enables investors to stake five different assets. XTZ, which is Tezos, Atom, which is on the Cosmos chain, 
uh, ETH, which is Ethereum, ADA is Cardano, and Sol, which is Solana. Uh, Coinbase describes all aspects of the staking program, including the services it provides and the efforts it undertakes as being applicable to each of the five stakeable assets for each of these assets. They pool the assets provided to Coinbase by investors in the staking program in omnibus crypto asset wallets controlled by Coinbase and then perform all the efforts necessary and expected by investors to obtain investment returns marketed by Coinbase, including staking those assets in order to obtain rewards, which uh, Coinbase distributes pro rata to investors after paying itself a 25 or 35% commission. Which, uh, the allegation is this uh, violates sections 5A and 5C of the Securities Act. Engaging in the unregistered offer of sa- and sale of securities in connection with its staking program, and you know it just it name drops those five as the five. So, Tezos, Cosmos, Ethereum, Cardano, and Solana. Those are the five that I'm reading here. Right out of the, I'll have the full. Uh, you know, you want to read the whole fucking PDF. You know, it's only 110 pages. Oh, that's nothing. Double spaced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And zoom through it. Cool. Zoom through it. <laughs> have a laugh. Roll your eyes. I don't know. Wait and see. It's interesting, but it's also um, none of my dogs fighting up in there. Yeah. Which is kind of hilarious. It's kind of it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. Who knows what will happen? What will the implications be? Ooh. Implications. Uh, meanwhile, some background uh, improvements keep happening. Not only on Bitcoin and Lightning products, but also... Certain technologies they rely upon, such as the Tor network. Nice. Uh, Tor is in their latest alpha release, uh, rolling out Onion Service Proof of Work, which is uh, intended to thwart the ongoing DOS attacks that have going on. They've been going on for about a year now, in in earnest, in uh, kind of a really heavy way that has disrupted a lot of. Tor services, not just nodes running on the Tor network, but a lot of other Onion services too. Uh, so they've introduced a dynamic proof of work protocol that occurs over introduction circuits. And uh, by default, it's disabled. But if you run a Tor node, you can now turn on this uh, proof of work requirement, hmm. which I am not really brainy enough to understand fully how it works. Other than it makes it. Uh, prohibitively expensive to run big DOS attacks on the network. Gotcha. It's basically the TLDR of it, which, uh, which I really hail as a, an incoming feature. It's, it's what we've, we needed something to solve this problem for quite a while. So it's cool to see that that is now live in the alpha and being tested. Yeah. Now by people, the uh, general public. We can't just say, well, blame it on tour. Yeah, well, that's right. And there's other ways, too, like a VPS that you can run through to get clear net uh, traffic on your node, like I do with tunnel sets. Uh, so there's a few different ways to solve the Tor woes. But hopefully this will be nice, too, because some people just want to stay behind Tor only. And uh, so hopefully this will improve your ability to do that. That's the aim. Uh, another cool project that I saw launched, the Bitcoin Legacy Project. It's kind of there to just be an interactive timeline and teach people the history of Bitcoin, which they call the only cryptocurrency worth owning. And it goes all the way back to 1982 is the first entry on the timeline when Blind Signatures, uh, David Chaum wrote the Blind Signatures for Untraceable Payments uh, paper. 
And that was kind of the cryptographic technique that lets somebody sign a message without the contents of the message being signed being uh, revealed. So you can prove your identity without revealing it. Nice. Which is the whole uh, big prime numbers and logarithmic, logarithmic curves and uh, math that is a little beyond my uh, pay grade, but when you boil it down to the basics, it's like uh, A times B equals C, but on a big enough prime number, you can't reverse that math to find out A other than to prove that A is correct. You would need to still like guess the number, essentially. Blind signatures, man. All the way in 82. And then it comes all the way to ordinals. Our fun uh, topic to talk about. Which is kind of where we're at today. Oh boy, ordinals. Yeah. Ordinals. Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. So that is uh, f- available at thebitcoinlegacyproject.org. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It'd be fun to uh, kind of brush up on your Bitcoin history. Of course, yep. Ross has an entry on there. And the uh, first having. Silk Road, all kinds of stuff along the way there. It's a fun little site. I encourage you to check it out. I'll have a link in the show notes. What else do we have? Oh, um, there was a new paper or a new proposal that I saw. Scaling and anonymizing Bitcoin at layer one with client-side validation. And I really need some more time to pour over this too and uh, wrap my tiny brain around it. But I have the uh, GitHub link in the show notes. Essentially, uh, the proposal is trying to find a way to upgrade the layer one of Bitcoin without any soft fork or anything like that and still have a permissionless option that doesn't require majority support or minor cooperation and is still scalable. Um, Basically, that people, node runners could either run it or not run it. Um, It claims to offer higher privacy and uh, Turing complete programmability with a rich state provided by RGB or another client-side validated smart contract system. And then once they get this client-side validated layer going, uh, they can still maintain and keep the properties of the public ledger, the blockchain itself, preserve the proof-of-work consensus protocol, and build a new scalable non-blockchain layer one codename Prime. So I think that there is this, uh, my gut at least, or my initial instinct tells me that this would still require some sort of a belief in adoption in it in order to be useful for anything. But um, if the promises are true where it does not interfere with all of the you know, non-negotiable terms of what Bitcoin is at the base layer, including things like uh, proof of work and consensus and the hard cap of 21 million, et cetera, et cetera. Um, any kind of improvement to the base layer in terms of privacy is going to help us greatly in the future, especially when it comes to these big uh, lawsuits being swung around by the government. Definitely. You know, I know, I know there's a lot of doubters out there. I think you got to comply. You got to comply. Uh, but I think that the nature of uh, the war on drugs, if it's taught us nothing else, it's that, uh, you know, if there's something permissionless that anyone can physically do, and they have to literally whack-a-mole the entire population into compliance, then there's far more of us than there is of them. Yeah, they'll never win. And so that's kind of the the way, historically, that people have kept the government in check. 
just by sheer numbers and uh, will, free will, civil disobedience, different things like this. And so, you know, there's there's the whole uh, thing when it comes to privacy, when it comes to being borderless, when it comes to, um, I don't know, just free markets and transacting what you want to transact. Um, you should just be able to do that, just like speech. Just exactly. like you should be able to say whatever you want to say, you should be able to pay whatever you want to pay also. And uh, you shouldn't have to answer any questions about it neither. At least that's my personal take on it. And uh, the more people that say, well, you know, you're going you're gonna to register and you're going to snitch on yourself and you're going to do this, you just got to. Because, you know, this says you got to, so you got to. Uh, I just reject that. I reject that you got to. Um, that's all. Come to my fucking door. What sucks, what really sucks, I will say, about the that whole concept of uh, civil disobedience and um, just the entire concept is it's also part of the formula to not be incredibly forthright or specific or loud, you know? So it makes debate on the topic a little bit difficult. Uh, and we've seen that with weed, too, you know? It's only in recent years that it's now rolled out it's you know enjoys this weird quasi legal status in most of the states to where you can be a little bit more comfortable about talking about things but um but still federally illegal you're just at a disadvantage of really being explicit with what you should say and do and how you should think and how you should go about it you know everybody kind of has to like privately figure that shit out you know yep. and uh not medical advice and all that kind of fucking disclaimer bullshit right yeah um, it's a bit unfair, really, in the battle of ideas. We're at a disadvantage uh, on this side of things. But hey, that's uh, just part of the underground, you know? That's what you take on. So, what the fuck ever. I always just sing, I don't have to tell you, I don't have to tell you, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all. Little place boing number. That's all. So, if I'm being uh, vague or confusing, all I have to say is ooga booga. <laughs> Uh, I also see kind of some promise maybe in another, yet another lightning as a service rolling out, uh, Blockstream's Greenlight just made a big announcement that, uh, they've launched a new developer preview and, uh, Greenlight it's, it purports to be lightning as a service developers can use to integrate non-custodial lightning into their apps with just some API calls. It's still in active development, but the public interfaces are stable enough now to, have people come in and start testing them nice the claim is there's two domains of control in green light the user and block stream the result is a non-custodial on-demand lightning node where your keys are stored on your device and never touch our infrastructure which is another kind of thing i want to think about when we're building out a lot of these tools you know the the guys will be like oh you have to comply comply um the less you do, the less you hold, the less you take responsibility of, the less you custody for other people, the less money you actually hold at any given point, uh, the less culpable you are. You know, you can say, hey, fuck, I, all my app does is plays music and surfaces like addresses. Yeah. I don't fucking hold anybody's money. The minute you start holding people's money for them and then charging them a, a bite to get at that money... Then all this comply shit comes in, and it's a burden you really bring upon yourself, uh, probably for greed or profit or something like that. I don't know. I can't really imagine a lot of other motivating factors here. 
to hold on to other people's money <laughs> and be some kind of middleman, uh, putting friction on the uh, on the on the paths where that money's going to and from. But I don't know. I call me crazy. Maybe I'm just too fucking retarded to understand. But I believe we can build in a way that puts uh, true peer-to-peer payments in action, and we don't get in the way of anybody. We can give them tools without being tools about it. We can give people tools to make it a little bit easier without having to ask everybody what their name and their uh, butthole diameter is and hold on to their funds and charge them this and that and, and custody the funds and safe keep everything and become a, a, a whatever the fucking Department of Treasury wants to call you the more, uh, the more action you take. Now you're a money changer. Now you're a, a securities, unregistered securities salesman. You're all these things. No, I'm not interested in any of that. I'm not interested in any of that, man. Just want to make an app plays music, man. That's all. Come on. Yeah, simple, stupid. Can we keep shit simple? I think that for me, the ideal killer app would be one that you just like download and unzip on your own local machine and just fucking do a some sort of NPM start. And you got like this node app that's just running on a local host. It's not on some server out somewhere that they can take down. Mm-hmm. It's just distributed code. It's just code. And then it looks at an RSS feed and goes, oh, yeah, here's some shit. Here's some shit I can pew to. And then it's up to you how you connect all the sats into it. That's kind of uh, my dream, my ideal. And, uh, hey, you got to just, like, learn a bunch of shit before you can put that kind of thing together, turns out. Uh, but giving up at this point, I've realized, is not an option. And waiting for somebody else to do it uh, is just going to wait for some... Uh, monopoly mustache to come in and sit on everything and uh, you know put 10% in for the big guy that's what's yeah. gonna happen yeah that's what's gonna happen unless we put several apps out several apps out and I think that uh, the way that podcasting 2.0 organically built out uh, there's plenty of room in music to do the same thing plenty of music I think the only difficult part there is there's way more capture in the uh music industry and it's far older and more archaic than the podcast industry podcast industry has been open from the jump so there's an extreme advantage there it's also far younger so there's an extreme advantage there there's gonna be some pain points for the music thing i think it's gonna take longer i think there's gonna be more fights uh both legal and digital i think that uh it's gonna be a lot more to explain uh there's just way more friction in that whole industry Way more, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Move them, you can't get moved again. Yeah. You know. Old skin in the game. Newton's law, Newton's third law of getting fucked in the ass is what I'm trying to say. Mummy money. Mummy money. Big boy's at the top of the pyramid scheme. Exactly. It's a bigger pyramid. Been there longer. Mummy money. Inertia. That's the word I'm looking for. It has more inertia. Inertia. Good See? word. See, I remember uh, physical science in ninth grade. Bitch. Anyway. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see. Right now, everybody's just watching the SEC. Mostly eating popcorn. Everybody already figures out. Everybody already has it figured out. If you read Twitter, what it all means. Oh, yeah? Yeah, everybody has their predictions. and you know, Nobody can predict the future. <laughs> what this is going to do. What this is going to bring. 
Oh, Gensler's secretly about to take down Bitcoin. Oh, Gensler's secretly a Mac Bitcoin maximalist. He, he like has a bunch of Bitcoin and he's just not telling anybody. I you know, everybody has like a this wild hot take on it. Mm, Bitcoin's dead. Yeah, Bitcoin's dead. That's Again. my favorite one. Keeps <laughs> dying, man. Keeps dying. TikTok next block. That's all. I kind of now want to hear though about the uh, top three. Well, it is the magic number. Mm-hmm. 33 students, actually students and private security company guards, were detained as a scuffle broke out between them at a medical institute in India. Mm. So there was a mix. And you know what? This was all over the scuffle, as worded by the journalists abroad. Smoking cigarettes oh, in restricted areas. As the students tell it, these guards came in with their beaten sticks and guns, and they started smashing students' vehicle windows. I'm sick of your fucking smoke. Yeah, they went into the residence halls where students were reading. Go figure. Oh, no, this is library. And they dragged them out and beat them. Over 20 students were seriously injured and sent to the hospital. Ouch. you know... A few of the guards, probably about 13 of them, took some hits too. Had to go to hospital. That feels so good. As they say, from this press uh, across the pond. Yeah, I can't believe it. But you got to fight for your rights to smoke cigarettes yeah. in this brave new world. No, most definitely. People will get, it, uh, get in your face about it. Yeah. And I could not, for the life of me, find the name of this private security company. But shame on them. <laughs> they must be doing something right if you can't find their name. I'm pretty sure their job that they get paid for would be to protect and serve the students. But here they are. To protect and bonk. <laughs> yeah. Just bonking them. Do I smell smoke? And they're medical students. This is a medical school. They need cigarette breaks. Wow. I didn't know doctors still smoke cigarettes, though. Well, this is my hot take. <laughs> a doctor that doesn't smoke the cigarette is a doctor I don't trust. Okay. But yeah, here they are, you know? Regardless of the warnings and the ugly pictures they put on the packs. And come on, just vandalizing the vehicles, that's just uncalled for. Unprofessional. Seems like they're mad. And this company should probably not be working there. Yeah. Are you mad, fellas? Clearly. Also in India, 33 new stations were opened to monitor air quality in the name of World Environment Day on June 5th. It's another day, don't you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the state of Jaipur, their government inaugurated 33 new continuous ambient air quality monitoring stations, which, as the press release states gives minute-by-minute data on 16 types of air pollutants. Cigarette smoke, however, was not listed. Which is crazy. Sounds wild. And you get the magic number mixed in there? Becomes spooky. Really activates the almonds. It does. My almonds were activated. Looking at you, India. And my final top 333 story comes from Japan, where the Nikkei closed at a 33-year high. And as the Reuters headline continues... Firm Wall Street lifts appetite. 
hungry for some risk buying in, I guess. But yeah, um, Nikkei, short for Japan's Nikkei 225 stock average, the leading and most respected index of Japanese stocks. And all but one of the Tokyo Stock Exchange's 33 sector sub-indexes rose. Saw that other magic number in there. I thought, ooh, this is a doozy. They love it. Yep, didn't get a third, but still, hmm, tasty, no magic numbers. So, yeah, I guess the Bank of Japan has an ultra-loose policy. So loose. We love them loose. But, uh, yeah, Friday, U.S. stocks closed higher. And uh, I guess Monday, you know, they were feeling that risk. Hungry for it. Must have ate it all up, man. Yeah. Bought it. And with that, let's go behind the curtain. Oh, yeah, I love it. Where I say, mind if I do a J? Oh, man, mind if I do a J? No, I don't mind. <laughs> cool. Uh, Hell, I'll even put it together for you. There's a straggler magic number story from California in Winona County where a Wisconsin man was arrested for transporting 33 pounds of weed and five boxes of magic mushrooms. Five boxes? <laughs> yeah, I love that measurement. So accurate. Yeah. Five damn boxes. Talking like cigarette boxes or like uh, priority mailboxes bigger than a bread box? What do we got here? Five boxes. Yeah, little like puzzle boxes, like a jewelry box. You fucking clowns. That doesn't tell me shit. Well, uh, they got more specific in the article. They said 200 grams in 12 package. 200 grams, 12 package. Yeah, I don't know who's writing this. Some Wisconsin journalist. Because this came from the Lacrosse Tribune. Oh, boy. Probably pulled it straight out of the wire. <laughs> yeah, copy, paste. There you go. Yeah, that's how we used to do it in J school. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. You got to get your five articles in by 3.30 p.m., so. Oh, uh, I ain't paying really something to learn the pace it. Corners are cut in journalism, that's for sure. But yeah, so this guy got pulled over for uh, allegedly weaving across lanes. So, you know, regular old traffic stop. 23-year-old kid. And um, you know what his biggest mistake was, though, is he took that first interstate exit when the cop pulled up behind him. If you take an, the first exit that comes up right when a cop gets behind you, that's a huge red flag to the cop. Yeah, just pull over the side of wherever you're at. Well, I think this might have been behind the cop put his lights on. You know, he's weaving. The cop's like, okay, I got my eye on uh, you. He gets hasn't, behind he the hasn't car. hasn't let you up yet. Yeah, and then the car's like, oh, shit, there's a cop behind me. I'm going to take this first exit. And not only did he take the exit, but then he, like, turned around, you know, and so then the deputy cherry and buried him. Whoop, whoop. When he started pulling the turnaround maneuver. Mm hmm. And, uh. Where are you going, son? Yeah. Smells like reefer. Smell, uh, smells like five boxes of mushrooms to me. <laughs> 12 package. Five boxes, 12 package. You're going to jail. Yeah, so, you know. Smelled weed, got the old warrantless search going, and busted him because, you know, California, you can smoke your weed legally in. You know, the appropriate places. But you cannot have 33 pounds. That's just too many yeah. pounds. Yeah, I think you just can have like one ounce. Too heavy. Too heavy. Your weed becomes illegally heavy. And I'm sorry, but you're coming with us now. Yeah, he also had 27 boxes of 
edibles. And I like that. The 33 pounds, 27 boxes. These are magical numbers. Ah, they're pulling out all the stops, man. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is a spooky one. I thought that California was like the legalist of all the legal places. Crazy when the feds still have it on the Controlled Substances Act. You know, you can, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, and, you know, state laws only go so far, too. Mm -hmm. No one's free. Nah, no one's all uh, 33 pounds of freedom. <laughs> no. Nowhere. Nowhere on earth. Not when you talk to a cop. The kid also had two first names. Worth pointing out. Ooh. I think. Ethan Andrew Tappendorf. Strong finish. Strong finish, indeed. Indeed. And in Colorado, Governor Jared Polis had some strong finishes this week because he signed two bills. One allows licensed dispensaries to make sales online. Uh-oh. However, the purchaser still has to show up to the shop to pick up their goods. Oh, I see. Then, so it's like a curbside thing? Yeah, exactly. You got to bring your ID to verify your age and that you are who you said you were online. Oh, well. And uh, the second bill bolsters protections uh, for professionals when it comes to weed. Now, you can't be denied certification or registration or a license based exclusively on weed usage in Colorado. So that's neat. Baby steps. You know, I think it's crazy we have to pile these laws on top of each other to cover all the things that are left out instead of just having a big, strong, simple umbrella, you know? Right. Like, weed is legal. You are free. <laughs> you got weed, you're good. Yeah. Pro it's just weed. Prohibition, prohibition ending. Repealed. That'd be cool. But here we are. Maybe one day. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I think we'd need like a total failure of government systemically to, to get there. But hey, it's fucking on the menu at this point. It is. It is. All seed-bearing plants, yours. That's right. I like that. God already did it, so... Uh... What's the fucking hold up? <laughs> yeah. Greed. Wouldn't you know? This is fucking power, man. They just want to tell you what to do. It really is that simple. Okay. They fucking lose their minds if they can't tell you everything to do. Well, you can't just do all what you want. We just do anything. Outrageous. Shocking. Shocking. That a man might want to smoke some weed in the comfort of his own home. Shocking. Or grow some outside. That's what really perplexes me. Uh, it's like we got home grow, and that immediately means hydroponics in a locked room mm -hmm. of yay by yay feet. <laughs> like With only these approved uh, <laughs> pesticides and, and fertilizers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a Kratom regulation bill, so now you have to be 21 and older if you want to purchase Kratom. And if you violate anything that the bill has put into regulation, it's a second-degree misdemeanor punishable by up to 60 days in jail and a $500 fine. So, uh, they didn't prohibit Kratom outright. That's like the only win I can see here. Well, yeah. But, Step in the wrong direction, though. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well. Smart and Safe Florida. Their legalization initiative now has enough signatures for the 2024 ballot. Q. It seems as if they might be exclusively backed by the company Trueleave. 
Mm. Definitely got $38 million from them. Not bad. As shown. Yeah, you know, the money gets the signatures. This is how it's always been. Yep, yep, pay to play. Or pay to get on the ballot to get a play. <laughs> I don't know. It's a Pay, pay, pay. Pay the gay away. That's right. So the Secretary of State in Florida still needs to validate the signatures, but they seem to know that they're good. You know, they've got more than double the required amounts. They're playing the game. They paid the troll toll. And uh, there's an analysis pending from the Supreme Court, because they have to review it, because the Florida Attorney General has challenged this initiative, arguing that it violates their state constitution's single-subject rule. Oh, this shit again. A favorite, a court favorite. And Once that one judge did it, they were all like, oh, fuck, that's brilliant. Yeah, we'll all do that. Yes. Because, of course. A great idea. Duh and uh. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but this initiative says if you're 21 and older, you can possess up to three ounces of weed, five grams of concentrates, and medical dispensaries can sell recreationally. It puts uh, authorization for additional licenses into the legislature's hands. Mm. So they're not talking about that. Oh, then so many licenses to give out. There's no home cultivation written in here, no expungements, no social equity. And uh, as written, it would go into effect six months after the vote because it just opens up medical dispensaries to everyone. Mm. So they feel pretty confident that it fits the single subject requirement. But as I said, Supreme Court review pending. I'm sure they can put two subjects in there somehow. Oh, yeah, like... Oh, it legalizes it, and it taxes and regulates it. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what was the original one? It was like, uh, it repeals the prohibition, but it also sets up a market to, you know, sets up a legal method of selling or whatever. Yeah, market. are you referring to South Dakota? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you can't... Well, that's the mechanism by which this gets done, this one thing. You can't legalize and market it. <laughs> it's just so fucking arbitrary, man. Yeah, it's wild. Also wild, I grabbed a clip from the Office of Attorney General in Kentucky because they got some grant money mm. from opioid settlement funds, and I wanted to play for you how they plan... To use that money, what they're putting it into. Ibogaine is an alkaloid derived from three plant sources found in the West African countries of Gabon, the Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and Cameroon. These plant sources are the Iboga root, the Tabernanthi Iboga, and the Vokwanga Africana tree. Anecdotal evidence that is a mountain high and decades wide suggests that Ibogaine, within 48 to 72 hours of administration in safe, clinically controlled conditions, resolves opioid withdrawal syndrome. It appears to do so by clearing and resetting the brain's opioid receptors while also restoring the brain's organic dopamine and serotonin production to pre-opioid exposure levels. If this anecdotal evidence can be clinically validated, 
Ibogaine would represent a transformative therapeutic for treatment of opioid use disorder. Seriously. Over the coming months, the commission will explore the possibility of devoting no less than $42 million over the next six years to the creation of public-private partnerships which can incubate, support, and drive the development of Ibogaine all the way through the FDA approval process. Kentucky will also seek to develop the platinum standard model for an Ibogaine recovery protocol by hosting multi-site clinical trials right here at home. We must overcome the opioid epidemic by any and all humanitarian means necessary. Nice. Amen. Fist bump. Oh, I, yeah. I began getting traction. That's a fantastic I uh, love news. that. And he took the big pharma money and turned to psychedelics instead of putting it back into big pharma. Okay, well, I won't get super missed yet because, again, clinical trials. Sure. And then, you know, he's paying to get FDA to roll the ball, which does eventually mean there will be... You know, Ibogaine will be classified as a drug under this name. And if you want to get the Ibogaine, you have to go see a doctor. So I guess it does kind of end up going back to Big Pharma, doesn't it? Damn it. Oh, everything. All roads lead to them <laughs> eventually. Yeah. Or maybe they just do the trial and go, oh, look, we found it's really bad. Gonna make a legaler. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's hard to remain uncynical. Yeah. For everyone that wants to cry about the opioid epidemic, they just ignore the psychedelic potential. And Ibogaine has been there. For a long time. Probably since the beginning of time. Pile of evidence of mountain high. <laughs> and decades long. Yeah, his voice is great. That's a Attorney General Daniel Cameron of Kentucky. $42 million, y'all. Yeah, no less than $42 million. Setting the floor at... Or twenty, hundred thousand dollars. What I'm talking about, forty-two millions. Yeah, this is another one. We're right. They should just remove ibogaine from Controlled Substances Act. Yeah, just it's a plant. If you get it, cool. Do what you want to do with it. Yeah, and then who like who's gonna get it? People already have it. The people that know about it know what it does and know how to use it. Yeah. No problems detected, bro. Exactly. <sighs> but yeah, of course, it's not gonna work. No, that way. everything has to be. Controlled to the max so that it sucks. Yeah. So gross. Government is so gross, man. Yep. And it's especially prevalent in the CBD debacles mm-hmm. where it's like, or oh, the well. Kratom that you mentioned earlier. Yep. I mean, yeah. F- FDA has a Pediolex, which is pure CBD. So then, well, with a strawberry flavoring sure. to make it powerful. Kind of like Marinol was pure THC, right? Oh, that is. Something that's unnatural. That is yeah. certainly not pure THC. No. But CBD, you know, now Big Pharma has their hands on CBD saying, well, if it's not ours, you don't know that it's 100% what it says it is. You know, you can't get it reputably, and we're not going to regulate it because we've already classified it as a drug, our drug. You see what I'm saying? Like how we have CBD in food as like a supplement. It can't be a dietary supplement because they've got a pill for it already. Mm-hmm. It's just gross how they do that kind of stuff. Ask your doctor about our patented product. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, ask your doctor to sell you more things, more pills. Do you have a problem? Make sure you mention it because we've got a pill for that. Oh. At, at your next routine checkup, beg for in perpetual slavery. <laughs> Seriously. We can make you a customer for life. <laughs> what could go wrong, man? Everything. But maybe not in Lenawee County, Michigan, where the Department of Health is distributing lock bags for free, specifically for your weed. Oh. Just store it in. Now, they got the money from a grant, which was supposed to be used in a campaign to improve the safety of weed, you know, keep it out of the hands of your kids and your dogs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they wanted to show people how to store it properly. So they thought, nope, got an idea. Lock bag. So now if you go into a dispensary in that county, you can just pick up a lock bag for free. I thought that's neat. Yeah. That's putting the money to work. This is where? <laughs> yeah, right. Lenawee County, Michigan. Oh. Although I'm saying that like, a Missourian, I guess. Lenawee. L-E-N-A-W-E-E. Nat Nat needs to do recon, get a lock bag for us. <laughs> yeah, grab a lock bag. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they've got them at the dispensaries. They're bringing them out to farmer's markets, all sorts of events. And, of course, then they have, like, a pamphlet that's like, oh, do you smoke weed? Well, if you have kids or animals, you probably want to put it somewhere where they can't get to it because they don't know how to use it wisely. Right. They might just flush it down the toilet. Oh, God. Damn kids flushing things down the toilet. Uh, speaking of toilet, we did get a boost. Oh, a boost! <laughs> uh, 44 minutes ago, I didn't know how I missed it. Uh, we must have been having too much fun behind the curtain. But Ned Ned from Fountain said, 4321 sets, there is a fudge factory in Uranus. Yes! There is! Yeah, we'll be, we'll be uh, going to that after the bowling. We're going to... Uh, Check out all of the fudge in Uranus. Hell yeah. We'll see everything Uranus has to offer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yep. So, hey, you know, at least I like to seeing this grant money put to use. Not surprisingly, we've been talking about Minnesota legalizing. Um, the lawmakers did it. They passed it. They got it passed. They have homegirl in there. Very fucking cool. Protections for parents. They also, de, uh, you know, said that, hey, participation as a patient in the registry program or use of adult-use cannabis flour, adult-use cannabis products, lower-potency hemp edibles, or hemp-derived consumer products by a person 21 years of age or older does not disqualify the person from possessing firearms and ammunition under this section. Woo! So there was a firearms protection written in, which was very cool, very legal. Yeah. Until, of course, the feds heard about this. And so the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives has sent a warning to Minnesotans that they are still federally barred from purchasing and possessing guns. Ugh. And, you know, of course, they point to the Gun Control Act of 1968, which prohibits any person who's an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance from possessing a firearm or ammunition. You know, the Controlled Substances Act just came into play in 1970. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck. 
gotta get rid of these things in this 1968. One of Nixon's many gifts to us, man. Thanks, Dick. Getting rid of the gold standard, all kinds of good shit, man. (laughs) Just temporarily. That was like a temporary thing, right? He said his worst thing was uh, putting a microphone in a potted plant or whatever, but no, 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 no. (laughs) No. No. Oh, the pain is felt still. But But it got us out of Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, you know. Too little, too late. So, you know, pot smokers, they're unlawful users federally under federal terms here sure and uh, and that's gross because see my second amendment in the constitution doesn't say anything about what i do in the privacy of my home how much alcohol i drink or what i smoke or toke on that is the whole hilariousness now of like the current weed landscape it's like everybody's simultaneously a complier and a felon yes good job of course <laughs> this has been a prevalent topic for the mainstream media. Sure. Looking at the dusty man in the White House and his son, particularly. Uh, Right. And, of course, you know, there was also uh, issues with uh, royalty overseas having some, uh, you know, what they do in the privacy of their own home, and then when they apply for citizenship and such, Mm -hmm. you know, you're filling out these federal papers and you're lying this reminds me of your uh on the compliance talk you know the hey just uh loose lips sink ships yeah right right and there's a way you fill out the federal forms you're but not, of course yeah you, well you're not supposed to snitch on yourself it's just a well, bad idea exactly when you made in, a whole amendment about it yeah and when you're in the mainstream spotlight son of a president well you know it gets brought up and it got brought up at the last White House press conference, June 2nd. Here's a little clip. Should someone who's a drug user be able to possess a firearm? I'm not going to get into the tit-for-tat on this. I'm I'm just not going to. Go ahead. And there's Corrine Jean-Pierre, well prepared for it. Just, yeah, move on. Move on to the next question. I didn't ask her to, like, rub her tit on my tat. Like, just wanted to answer to a simple question. Yep. But... She has no simple answer. Well, yeah, it's a very inconvenient one, isn't it? (laughs) It sure is. (laughs) Excuse me, why are you full of shit? No, as long as the two-tier justice system is around and, you know, if if you're somebody connected, then you can get away with literally fucking anything, then uh, why would they, what what incentive do they have to change it? There's no reason to fucking change that sweet-ass deal. You think these people in any position of remote power... An ability to change that shit are going to change it? You'd have to be fucking lunatic. Yeah. See, I was looking at it. There's like two potential outcomes here, right? Like he gets held accountable for it. And then what? Loses his guns, his privileges, his rights. Mm. Or they say, you know what? Gun Control Act 1968, that's pretty fucking outdated. We should probably do away with it. Yeah. Because we have state legal weed... In a majority of the states. Mm-hmm. And if we could get to that eye-opening revelation, like, that would be cool with me. I'd just it's have just my doubts. The amount of retarded minutia that federal law dives into now, like, was unfathomable at the start. They tried to set things up right, you know? And it just fucking got eroded and ignored eventually. Things like the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, you know? It's like, we're carving out just limited shit, and... Other than that, 
nothing, nothing out. Everything else is people and states. Well, and that that didn't last too long. That's horrible. Because the state over time, the federal government, just like, well, yeah, but we also need, oh, and, and yeah, but also, oh, uh, there's this emergency come up and we also need, no, fuck the fucking emergency. All your emergencies are made up in bullshit. And somehow the federal seems to trump state level. Yeah, it's just fucking. It's fucked up. Yeah, when they're in conflict. Yeah, like the weed thing. Yeah. It just, it, it just seems like, uh, who gives a fuck about the Tenth Amendment, right? Yeah, it's baffled me for a long time. Still to this day, baffled. <laughs> you consider me very baffled, man. You can, uh, you can accuse me of being baffled, no doubt. Well, you know who else is baffled? Who's that? Adolphus Pruitt, the president of the St. Louis NAACP. He wants an immediate correction of the Missouri micro-business license map. Uh-oh. Now, he really criticized the constitutional amendment that passed legalizing weed for adult use here, mm-hmm. as did I. <laughs> sure. But it for him... It was kind of a piece of shit. It was totally a piece of shit. He insisted that there be this micro-business license, just with the dream of, like, ma and pa pot shops i think you know sure yeah where you don't have to be doing commercial numbers yeah you have to have like 10 million dollars in the bank just to ask for permission daddy to have one right and then his belief was that you'd get plenty of black business owners with this micro business license um so the state rolled out the map with the zip codes that you know are where you can (laughs) reside to apply for a license. There's 121 zip codes listed. Nine of them are in the St. Louis region, but none of them are in North St. Louis where half of the state's black population resides as it goes. Now, there's some issues here that he noticed when he did his digging. Three zip codes are for P.O. boxes. Okay. Two of which are in downtown St. Louis, one of which is in St. Charles. Uh, St. Charles is also one of the covered zip codes, along with downtown Clayton. These are two very affluent areas, if I understand correctly, from what I've learned during my time here in Missouri. Uh, The Federal Reserve in Kansas City has its own zip code, which is listed. Oh, God. University Hospital in Columbia has its own zip code, which is listed. What? Uh, Three banks are on there, along with the U.S. Postal Inspection Service in downtown St. Louis. Then there's three downtown St. Louis areas which are not residential. You know, downtown, like the banks and the law firms and such. Those are listed. So if somehow you can list that as your address and you're good to get a micro-business license. What in the hell? What in the hell indeed. So... He sent a letter to the Department of Health and Senior Services demanding an immediate correction. And the state director of the Division of Cannabis Regulation, Amy Moore, said that, well, you know, we got our zip codes from the Missouri State Highway Patrol incarceration rate data. Uh, really? And it's like, hmm, these clearly aren't people's home addresses. No. Okay, so there's some here where, um, like, there's prisons within these zip codes. Like, are you talking? All I could think was, are you looking up where people are incarcerated and calling that good? Like, you're getting the prison, or is zip it just codes? 
the driver's license address of the guy that gets arrested. I don't know. It's fucked up is what it is. Yeah. And on top of that, there's really been no information this whole time about what exactly a micro business license is, how, (laughs) what are the requirements to be eligible? Mm -hmm. Is there an application that needs to be filled out? Do I have to have a shop already that I'm in ownership of or an area where I'm going to do it, you know? And they're claiming that they're going to award these licenses in the fall. So once Adolphus Pruitt here raised the red flag, um, the Department of Health and Senior Services did turn around and say, well, if you want to apply for a microbusiness license, you must meet one of eight requirements. And it turns into sort of social equity-esque requirements here. Uh, you have to have a net worth of less than 250000 and a gross household income below the poverty, li- of poverty line three of the last ten years. Or be a military service-connected disability, have a military service-connected disability, have an arrest on your record for a nonviolent weed charge at least a year before legalization, or be the spouse or guardian of such a person, live in an area with high poverty or unemployment, or live in an area with historically high weed incarceration rates, graduate from an unaccredited school district, or live in an unaccredited school district three of the last five years. So... Wow. That started making me wonder, like, well, what is the 121 zip code? <laughs> I hear listed? a lot of checks, checked boxes in that list, man. Oh, seriously, I know. Would you like to own a micro business license? Because uh, you can. Not exactly. <laughs> no, me neither. I'm not interested in playing this fucking game. No. No, I just said something about complying. Exactly. It's expensive. Too poor to comply. But yeah, their zip codes are messed up. Yeah. But. That's an embarrassment. It it also sounds like it's pretty loose requirements. If you only need one of those eight. Yeah, I guess so. Um, You know, it's like, oh. Why even put the zip codes out then? Exactly. Why? That was goofy. You'd think they would have looked them up and been like, huh, that's kind of funny. Oh, the Federal Reserve is on here? No one lives there. To our knowledge. Who's using that as an address, man? Hey, they pointed fingers at Highway Patrol. They gave us the data. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Everybody blaming their, on Highway Patrol. Their legacy Excel spreadsheet that everyone relies on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Are they anyway. on Cobalt? Oh, they on Cobalt. Another show me derp news. The Missouri courts are not expected to meet the expungement deadline of June 8th when all misdemeanors should have been expunged by. Uh, of course not. Yeah. What? They have until December 8th to get all the felonies expunged. They've gone through uh, 44,000 expungements so far. It's a decent number. Yeah. But, of course, they have no idea how many cases are remaining. Yeah, they're just combing through them. Every time we see one, we stamp it. Yeah, or, you know, wait for the person or the family to get in touch with them. What's the, like, bare minimum legal requirement to get an expunge? Like, do you have to stamp the file and... uh, Sprinkle some water and say a prayer or something? How does that work? <laughs> You'd have to ask the courts. I have no idea. I know that, you know, for CaseNet, it's getting it removed. For more modern cases. You have to say, like, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye, come and bear me or some shit in court. Bang the hammer on the thing. Something like that, of course. Gavel must touch wood. I don't know. But what they're noticing is that counties that 
didn't vote for legalization, which is uh, most of them, <laughs> right. have been very uh, slow when it comes to expunging, or they are actually blocking cases for expungement. And they gave this example in the, um, well, this was KCUR's reporting, and they had a character in here by the name of Adrian. Yo, Adrian. Yo. And no last name, you know, because Adrian didn't want to be called out. Smart. Or whatever, yeah. I still, I think giving a first name was too much, you know? They could have been sources familiar with the matter or such. But anyways. Call him Lil A.A. Yeah. Lil Adrian said that uh, he got arrested in 2018 for possession and was told that he was ineligible for expungement because the police report didn't specify the amount of weed he had. Hmm. Which, how is that his fault? Yeah. That the cops that's didn't do their job well. Bogus. It is totally bogus, and he had to get in touch with a group at UMKC called Clear My Records Project uh, to take it to court, challenge it, and win to get expunged. Well, good for him and good for UMKC then. Yeah. So there's there's help out there. There's help out there and available if you need an expungement. Um, But, yeah, it's an uphill battle. Nothing automatic about it. Yeah, that's such trash. Noted in the constitutional amendment. Automatic expungements by June 8th and December 8th for felonies. Yeah. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, not exactly automatic. Bunch of fucking useless words shoved into my state constitution. Thank you. Thank you. And no homegirl. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Without a license. Oh, you got license for that. Fuck that. Fuck off. For that weed plant. Awful dangerous. Manufacture one. Yep. In Nevada, lawmakers have sent the governor, Joe Lombardo, a psychedelic medicines working group bill. This bill started off as legalizing psilocybin and psilocin and got shredded to bits to the point where all the bill does is create a 15-member group under the Department of Health and Human Services to study the science of psychedelics, including but not limited to psilocybin and psilocin. What? Yeah. Man, f*** them studies. Another day, another group established to funnel money through. Yeah. So they have to report their findings to legislature by December 31st of 2024. And uh, that's a pretty cozy job, my man. Hey, you think that psychedelics could help people with mental health conditions like PTSD or addiction or depression? Oh, maybe even people facing, uh, you know, that are in hospice. Terminal illnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard it helps. We got a year and a half to tell him that. Governor Lombardo did sign a bill uh, codifying into law the requirement that weed retailers verify customer ages before selling to them. Okay. Which is pretty silly. They had to. That they had to make a bill to do that. They had to put it in again. Yep. It already says that. Well, now it is solidly codified. Cool. <laughs> Great. It's been coded. Nevada is covered. 21 plus. Cool. Verified. I guess now you can just probably get into bigger extra trouble right. if double someone slips past you. <laughs> double, double super style illegal. Yeah. Woo. Double, double. Boy, I'll be able to sleep better tonight. <laughs> the, in New Jersey, the Cannabis Regulatory Commission is giving priority to social equity businesses for certain licenses coming up. Uh, So for a year, starting September 27th, 
Anyone who doesn't qualify as a social equity applicant will be rejected if they apply to be a wholesaler, distributor, or a delivery service license holder. Mm. So, um, yeah, you know, you can still apply for cultivation, manufacturing, and retail licenses, even without the social equity stamp. But it's weird because they in New Jersey they have social equity and they also have this uh, like diversely owned class, which covers women, minorities, and disabled veterans. But for social equity, has to be weed record. So it's just weird. I don't, I don't like these games. I know licenses for. Can we just open it up? Yeah, exactly. And and just the whole license cap too is so ridiculous. Where's my free market, man? Not coming was, to fruition. <laughs> if it was up your butt, you'd know. Uh, maybe I'll see a free market in Uranus. <laughs> One can hope. <laughs> uh, in uh, New York, their cannabis board voted to settle the social equity license blocking lawsuit that has halted licenses from being awarded in half of the state for the past seven months. But it's unclear when that will be finalized. So hurry up and wait. You're on notice. Brooklyn was one of the places that could not grant any licenses, though, because of this lawsuit over the constitutionality of social equity. And hey, the dude won a settlement, so that's cool. Pay him for his time. Yeah. Uh, This was a crazy case that came out of Washington and made it to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. They upheld that the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services determination that an El Salvadoran woman who was running a state legal dispensary in Washington does not have good moral character and should be denied naturalization. Although she's a lawful permanent resident, she got that far to qualify to get a state licensed dispensary under her belt. Uh, But to qualify for naturalization, an applicant must, uh, during the five years immediately preceding the date of filing, be a person of good moral character. And since weed is federally illegal, Uh, it makes you of bad moral character to have anything to do with it. And they were basing that off of um, this case from 2016, Hussein versus Barrett. You violated the Controlled Substances Act? Bad moral character. That's such bullshit. Yeah. Anybody with a shred of moral character is violating unjust laws. <laughs> exactly. That's all. So, yeah, makes you sick. But what makes it a little bit better is knowing that Rastafarians in Antigua and Barbuda are now free to worship and celebrate their sacramental rites as they please because the prime minister has granted that freedom to them. Oh, what a nice guy. It's a step in the right direction after all. Yeah, yeah. We decriminalized on the island for the general public and people outside of the faith, of course, you know. Uh, Everyone can grow four plants each and possess up to 15 grams. Oh, my God. Yeah. In Switzerland, the capital of Bern uh, has approved a measure for controlled cocaine sales. This is a pilot program. A little wait and see how that works out. I bet there's some money there to be made. No doubt. (laughs) It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. 
And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from Germany, where an 82-year-old man was convicted of dealing drugs and received his very last warning Uh for it. This is his 25th time getting caught selling weed to supplement his monthly pension of $855. Dang. The very last warning, they said. Yeah, uh, the court had sought to impose a prison term of 34 months for this. But, you know, the judge said, hey, this is a less serious crime. Selling a little weed. Dude's 82. He's got health problems. Don't get caught again. Your Honor, I would like to plead not guilty on the grounds that Obama legalized weed. So that was a silly one. <laughs> and that's oh, all I got. Well, that's a, a full curtain, as usual. Thank you. We also have a full moment full of metal, which uh, is provided courtesy of Sir Reverend Cyber Trucker. Let's see what he has for us this week. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Now that May's mandatory Metallica is over, we're going to switch right over to Metallica's nemesis, Megadeth. Formed by Dave Mustaine after being ousted from Metallica as their lead guitarist, Dave vowed that they would be harder and faster than Metallica. Releasing a three-track EP in 1984, Megadeth would eventually come around to releasing its first album in 1985. From the 1985 album, Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good, this is Megadeth, Mechanics. From uh, going from one to the other, man. He's trying to start a war here. Metallica versus Megadeth, the classic. Wow, what is that? One of the all-time greatest uh, rivalries, like Heckle and Jekyll, man. <laughs> like Heckle and fucking Jekyll. Straight up, gotta love it. Well, thank you. Uh, you can follow along with 
the Rev shenanigans over on No Agenda Social at Rev Cyber Trucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. And uh, follow us through the rest of the metal moments as we go through all the biggest rivalries. Yankees, Red Sox, Maris Mantle, Heckle and Jekyll, all the big rivalries in history. Yes. All the biggest. All the biggest of the rivalries. Uh, we also play a little game every week, by the way. Uh, we like to call the first time I ever. The first time I ever. First time I ever did a thing. We talk about a new thing every week. First time I ever did a thing. And uh, you can talk about the first time you ever by picking up the phone and calling 816 607 We're talking today about the first time we ever peed during a podcast. So it's the thing that kind of happens and goes around. And uh, it seems as though bowlers have weighed in already. Let's have a listen. So, in the bowl. In the bowl. Um, question is, first time I peed during a podcast? I mean, so, I've, like, I listen to podcasts on my phone, so honestly, I peed during everyone's podcast. Okay. Because, uh, well, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to pee. But the first time I ever peed during a podcast that I was on would be the first podcast I was on. And that would be um, Behind the Schemes, episode 99, with the Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer. And we were talking about Jack Parsons, who's awesome mm. as shit. And... uh I'd kind of done a book report during the first half of the show and I drank a lot of water because I was talking a lot because, uh, well, I'm not used to talking that much. And, uh, so I drank a lot of water and then during the intermission, I uh, went ahead and relieved myself. And then the second, second half started and, um, boy, if I just didn't break the seal during the intermission <laughs> and I had to, absolutely go again during the second second half and so uh lavish um lavish had a clip of robert anton wilson talking about jack parsons which was awesome and was just long enough for me to drop to my knees iso and um <laughs> well there's i mean there was a bucket what I, I did it what? I'm not proud of it. What? But uh, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do when it comes to podcasting. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I uh, during Robert Anton Wilson, I uh, relieved myself, and uh, nobody knew, and I went right on talking about Jack Parsons. Anyway, um, in the bowl. In the bowl. Happy birthday, Spencer! <laughs> Coming up here this weekend. I'm Thank so excited. You. It's going to be cool. And then, uh, you know, cheers to uh, Booberry and Lavish, too. For Thank you for letting me pee on your show. <laughs> In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. That is kind of uh, gentlemanly of them, isn't it? To let you pee on their show. It's always a mess over there on Monday nights. Yeah, they got the tarps down. It's all good. They've learned their lesson over enough times. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, Viper. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we did have some pins slap the... Uh, or some balls slap the pins, I should say. With a boost. Uh, from Sir TJ the Wrathful, coming in out of Podverse just three minutes ago, according to this. And uh, he said, 
kept my earbud in my ear for the last two hours while playing hockey so I could listen live. Very cool. Uh, he says, super cool into show mix. Uh, cheers to Hey Citizen for that one. He says, I was wondering, since I'm kind of new around here, what are y'all's background, musically speaking? No need to go into that if it's not where you want to steer the show, so all good. Nice. Well, thanks, Sir TJ. Thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, my musical background is mostly in percussion and drums. Got a trap set when I was like uh, 12, although I've played a little bit of guitar my whole life. I've never actually taken lessons or done anything other than open mics with a goose to guitar, you know? Yeah. Uh, I haven't really played with anybody on the guitar, but with drums, that's where, you know, high school band, drums, both orchestral and uh, marching band, and uh, youth group church band slash worship band uh, stuff. In college, I was drumming for a few different half-ass bands, kind of. You know, you get your buddies together, you got a band all of a sudden. Yeah. And jamming. Be just the drummer in that scenario. Porch jam. Fucking legends. Porch jam. That'd be one of them. Eh. I don't know about legends, but... We, it's a legend. We did jam on a porch quite frequently. It was a time and a place, and it was know. wonderful. What's your musical background? Shit, man. Doing a background check here, musically. Well, I always loved singing, but I couldn't hold a tune, so my grandma got me voice lessons, which... Eventually, she met this older woman through the church networks, and that woman used to be an opera singer, so I took some opera lessons with her, and she also was a passionate piano player, so I picked up piano lessons. This was when I was, like, 14, um, so I was kind of a late late start there, but I had had a piano. I had taken a few lessons here and again every once in a while, but I didn't like practicing, so <laughs> I was a lazy piano player, and I was always ticked off that no one would just teach me the songs I wanted to learn, so I'd just <laughs> go learn them myself and then not practice what I was supposed to be doing, uh, and same with guitar. I took a couple lessons, but just mostly played on my own, and I had a band in high school called Running Backwards, of which I was the vocalist, and uh, all records of that are lost to the sands of time, somewhere on the feed bag. Mm. There was a feed bag page at one point. But, yeah, singing for fun. There you go. Plinking on the piano. Um, Making podcasts. What about the first time you, you ever peed on a podcast, though? Oh, my goodness. It was Hog Story. Oh, of course. Yeah, it was... Hog Story? I don't know what number. <laughs> Big Story? I'm not ready. I'm not prepared like an idiot. I don't have the episode number or whatever. Thank you, darling. It was uh, my solo show with Fletcher and Carolyn. And I was drinking some, what was that, whiskey? Oh, it's so fucking good. Fucking Bookers? Yeah, fucking Bookers. No respect. I'm sorry. But I was drinking Bookers because I was so nervous. Um, I don't know. They're just fucking legends over there, you know? Fletcher and Carolyn love those guys. And I was just slamming it and then realized, like, oh, I need an outlet. But I couldn't get away. There was no, like, you know, there's no intermission on Hog Story. There's no good pee break. So I just grabbed a glass and muted my mic. And I always bring a towel. You know, mm -hmm. so I had the towel down on the chair and then I just <laughs> squatted over the <laughs> glass. Pricks are not wearing clothes. You don't have to worry about peeing on your clothes or whatever. I peed in a, in a cup and I filled it. I filled it right up. Uh, it looks like my intel's saying uh, accident foot. Hog story episode 235. Oh, thank you. And it, of course, will be in the show notes. On the 12th of November, 2021. 
That sounds right. Release date. Eh. And hopefully no one could tell. No, I didn't know until you told me. I was fucking hammered. You were out of your mind. Out of my gourd. Wasted. It's a between pregnancies, you know? I live it up. Mm-hmm. I go real hard. And then I pee in cups. <laughs> and then you come down and you say, what the fuck is this? Why is there piss on my office chair? Is that apple juice? I can tell it's not my piss. I know my piss. <laughs> I did a good job getting it all in the glass. There Shame you go. on you. Tidy. Yeah. I'm a... Pro- Tidy I'm- streams. Yes. I'm a professional peeing in places I'm not supposed to person. <laughs> Really? Is that the official title? Yes. Oh, man. You got to get a degree for that, I guess. Honorary. Okay. We'll accept it. Yeah. We'll accept this next caller, I think. Uh, I, <laughs> I laid down and uh, turned on the stream on my tablet. And oh, that's going to avoid the warranty. Glory and pain. And my butt came out unharmed. It was like the first <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Noise. Anyway, uh, first time I peed during a podcast, I take it. You mean like one that I'm on? Sure. We're trying to make it as confusing uh, as possible, actually. Huh. I don't know. Probably if the, if the first time I was on and I peed, it probably would have been Hog Story. Or, oh, you know what? Maybe. Because I really don't think I peed during. A lot of those. Mm. Um, call it pee story. It might have been on abs and a six pack. Everybody's peeing on it. Because he, uh, Chris, or, uh, first scene theater stopped <clears throat> at one point and I peed while I was on a podcast. The first time I ever peed listening to a podcast, it would probably have to be, uh, whoo. I know I was kind of into them early on. I had a, the first or second generation iPod touch. And that's kind of when, yeah. Well, I guess before that podcast started taking off uh, on the regular iPod, but it, I think the visual element of the touch and the iPhone and everything else kind of brought it home. So, uh, and then I used to because it, it came with the same stupid little white headphones. That, so wherever I work, I wear them. Yeah. Everywhere while listening to podcasts. So I probably walked into the bathroom while I was working, listening to a podcast PM, which would have been uh, probably uh, probably Leo. <laughs> uh, I listened to a lot of that back then. Can't think what else I'd listen to. Leo LePute? Then. That would have been something that's around now. I can't even, can't even imagine. Because a lot of the stuff that I listened to back then on podcast is no longer around. Oh, no. You guys are on, so we're still around. In the bowl, in the bowl. We'll never die. It'll, it'll be bowl after bowl till he's sick. That's right. And then till he gets better, and then till he gets sick again. Yeah, and you can pee and puke in the bowl while listening to the bowl. <laughs> Not medical advice, but it's possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. The first podcast I peed during while listening to it is also I don't know if it's still around. That was a long fucking time ago. But it was the No Sleep podcast, which is a bunch of scary stories oh, that yes. people would upvote on uh, Deadit. And I would I remember getting scared in the bathroom listening to it. 
<laughs> Scare the pee right out of me. Do the real quick, uh, just wet your hands and run out. You're peeing on your hands, hands now? What is all no. kinds of <laughs> Just like, oh. <laughs> and it seems like every time you, you have to pee, then the story would be like, and then she walked into the bathroom and heard a sound. <clears throat> and then I'm like pulling one ear butt out. I'm like, was that the door here? This door in the story. Oh my God. Is someone in here with me? <laughs> Psyching myself out at work. Yeah, that was fun. That is fun. You remember the first time you ever peed during a podcast? Is that what it is? Peed on a podcast? During a podcast. Oh, I don't see it in the chat. You never did uh, the, the topic, huh? I did. It's right up top. First time I ever peed during a podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was peed on a podcast. Because there was this time I was uh, walking down this alley, right? And they had like four years worth of twit episodes back here in this dumpster. <laughs> And I was like, I can't pass up this opportunity. There's nobody in the alley. I arced a Calvin right over into the dumpster, peed on all of them. <laughs> a hero. But you're saying during, so that changes everything. Well, uh, actually, when we first came back from the hiatus and pre-hiatus, we didn't used to do like unreasonably long shows. You That's know? right. It was about an hour, yeah. It was like a half hour to an hour of shit. And uh, we kind of were wandering and didn't have a lot of uh, sense of purpose or style. Uh, but they were also much shorter. <laughs> I feel like they were shorter but felt longer. Mm. As painful of a combination as that is. So w- once we started to get longer, like in the beginning, I also can hold p- pee pretty well. Pretty laid back. Like I had to pee, for instance, this whole show. But it was fine. Once we started adding to the format and stretching, the time started stretching a little bit more for the average Tuesday night, uh, I'd find more times where it was like uh, kind of pressing. Tonight is a perfect example. Where it was like, I actually toyed with the idea of maybe going and grabbing a couple of bottles out of the recycling, right? <laughs> and waiting for this moment. <laughs> but I just couldn't. I, I just I was uncomfortable. I was getting uncomfortable. And so I found that the beautiful solution, and the first time I ever did uh, pee while I was uh, on a podcast, is this uh, metal moment situation, the setup and the pre-recording of it, how it's some guaranteed time. I can actually start it, turn on my studio monitors so that I can hear everything played back, and then I don't miss the moment at all, can still hear everything about it, have a quick pee, and come back ready to rock. Um... And so you yeah, have peeing to heavy metal, also very, very high energy. You can just stand up during the metal moment. It's all really, it works out perfectly. Perfectly. And I did indeed pee during the metal moment tonight. So there it is. It rocks. It does. It, it gives me a whole new uh, dimension of podcast uh, peeability, or bemrosing as it's famously known. We had a technical definition of bemrosing, right? And that was that your co-host cannot know that you peed. Yeah, for me, a perfect Bimrose, or maybe a 10 out of 10 on the Bimrose scale, is when you're mid... Uh, <laughs> I'm in a story. You're mid-story or mid-argument. You go, you pee, you come back, and nobody figured out that you just went pee. That's a true Bimrose. It got to the point where everybody was just calling peeing at any point Bimrosing, and I was like, well, you know. You had to clarify. It's not a Bimrose if you're just peeing. We all pee. There's a certain thing about the pee that makes it Bimrosing. You know, you got to have qualifiers, man. That's right. We're not in full anarchy yet. Just a little while longer. <laughs> Till then, you know, there has to be definitions and shit. 
words mean things. Still for a little bit. Really? I thought words was words. Well, words is kind of words, too. <laughs> I still never found this goddamn FTI list. I actually kind um, of half-assed looked for it, but... It's your birthday week. I'll give you a pass. I stopped after five minutes because I didn't want to look too hard and still not be finding it, you know? Yeah. Because now I can just say, well, I kind of looked for it, but it's probably somewhere, you know. Well, you know who always has great first time I ever suggestions? Spencer sounds racist. C-dubs. Who also said that just now? Uh, C-dubs had suggested the first time you ever fired a gun. Oh, the first time you ever fired a gun. That was, you mentioned that last week, didn't you? You mentioned it between bowls. First time I ever fired a gun. I like that. Yeah, so I say we just go for it. Crossbow's good, too. But I like to start We're with We're going gun. with a gun. I'll put a crossbow on this list when I find it. Okay, that sounds fair. Or maybe any bow. And you know what I'm going to do? Because I remember that, too. What I'm, are you going to do? I'm going to write it down so that it actually makes it to the list when you find it. Now, are you going to say gun or firearm? I had gun. I like gun because we, we try to keep it broad. But this is going to get those stories of like, well, you know, take the gun is like a, is a rubber band gun or... When I was at the circus, had a little foam gun, Nerf gun, cap gun. Yeah, water gun. Water gun. But then firearm. But then we can hear both stories. I can already see people are going to tell both stories, which is, the, my, that's my favorite part. When there's multiple layers of interpretation of the prompt. And double answers. Really, uh, really heightens the potential of the voicemails. You could tell with this week, you know, people are like, pee during a podcast, uh... I did it once and I'm ashamed to admit it. Or I did it once and I don't care. I'll, who knows? That was pretty much the two camps today. Yeah. The silent, nervous peers. Well, you know. You can always get your uh, phone calls up. 816-607-3663. Phone lines are open. Yeah. All the time. Well, you know what time it is now. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. <laughs> this, uh... Kid, this 25-year-old, I guess he's not a kid, he's an adult, in South Carolina, maybe wanted to go bowling, but regardless of what he wanted to do, he needed some money. So what do you do when you need some money? Get a job there. Yeah, you should just get a job. But no, he decided he was going to rob a quick stop convenience store. that's the easier way. But he didn't have a firearm. Ugh. However, he did have a a zapper, (laughs) the duck hunt pistol. Oh, my God. So, you know, he just got that, spray-painted it, wore a mask, a wig, a hoodie, had the Nintendo pistol tucked in his waistband and flashed it at the clerk when he asked for money. Got the 300 bucks from the register, but ended up getting picked up at the Dollar General down the road. Did he just, like... Go straight to the next Dollar General and try to get a Mountain Dew or some shit. <laughs> I wondered about that. The money was already burning a hole in his pocket. Yeah, he's like, man, I'm thirsty. Need some popcorn and Mountain Dew. That was an easy three hundo. Mountain and <laughs> Mountain Dew and popcorn are in order. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know, on the duck hunt train, faithful dogs. There was a home in California. And the homeowners have two dogs. They're both Maltese Dachshund mixes. So little guys, little yappers. They also have a coyote problem. So they keep these noisemakers on their back deck in case they hear coyotes or whatever to scare them off. Never 
had a coyote ever come into their yard, though, until one night recently. And they had just gotten home and were getting ready to shut that doggy door for the night. But they heard a commotion outside with the dogs. The younger dog had heard the coyote in the backyard and decided to chase it off, but ended up getting chased himself into the bushes, or maybe herself. Dog's name is Harley. Coyote bit it several times. But then the dog brother, Vinny, who's 11 years old and toothless, came out the doggy door and scared that coyote away. This one's for you, Vinny. But yeah, it's crazy. When they rewatched their security footage, obviously they just grabbed Harley and went to the vet to get him stitched up. Well, I guess you can't really stitch the bites, but uh, the punctures mm-hmm. to get them looked at and taken care of. They looked at their security footage <laughs> and did not realize that the, their senior dog had scared off the coyote and saved its brother's life. But when they were reviewing it, they saw there was another coyote right by their fence. About to work his way in. Yeah, oh, jeez. Then old Toothless came and scared him. So. Put the fear of the Lord in him. Yeah, good job, Vinny. Also in California this week, a woman was taking a walk along the beach when she stopped to talk to someone, and that person said, hey, what's that sticking out of the sand by your foot there? She took a picture of it and was like, I don't know. It looks pretty freaking weird. Big brown thing. Posted it online. <laughs> and... A museum worker was like, hey, you know what that looks like to me? (laughs) A worn molar from an adult Pacific mastodon. I think it's a big tooth. So she went back to retrieve it, and obviously it was gone. What a dork. Why don't you pick it up? (laughs) Just take a picture and post it to the socials. Hey, what does this look like to you? Poop. (laughs) Seriously, it was just like a big brown... Who, it's sticking out of the sand. How the hell are you supposed to know what they, what it is? I don't know. Seaweed clomp. But, uh, you should yeah. probably hang on to it if you're going to bother to ask. That's how I would be, too. That's you know, all. Finders keepers treasure. But anyway, uh, no one could find it. They actually sent people to the beach to comb it looking for this tooth because I guess it's a pretty rare find, rare specimen for the old collection. Um, and finally, the museum got a phone call from a jogger who had happened upon it and picked it up and decided to donate it to the museum for all to enjoy. Indiana Jones jogged by. Yeah. That's a tooth. (laughs) Bringing it home now. And, oh, they're looking for it. And uh, how long can I keep my secret? Fuck. I'll just give it to them. (laughs) (laughs) Now here's a crazy story that happened upon the way yesterday or today. This Canadian woman happens to be a nurse. They put it in the headline. I'm not sure why that's important, but we'll get there. She's riding her horse, comes upon a dead deer, and decides, hey, you know, I've got three kids. We could set up a trail cam by this carcass and uh, see what kind of wildlife comes to feast on it. Well, (laughs) her grandpa reviewed the footage before she did and said, hey, I got some naked people out here by the dead deer carcass. You gotta check this out. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So there's these... It appears to... Okay, the video has not been released. Ah, of course not. Which really ticks me off. There's just four 
um, carefully chosen pictures, which I will share in the bowl chat right now, of two people, presumably a man and a woman, because, well, one has side boobs and the other one is wearing pants, definitely. The woman is wearing a loincloth of some sort. So, first of all, neither of them are naked. And then, like I said, the pictures that got chosen, we don't get to see any titties. Like, her arm is in front of her tits facing the camera that whole time. Is this you? (laughs) (laughs) Too tall. Come on. Also, look at that hair. How dare you? Okay, well. The hair looks disgusting. I'm using my imagination. Uh, Like, it's missing chunks of it, and it's parted all over the place like zombie hair. So I can only hope it's a wig. On both of them. Oh, look at that guy. Well, that's what they look like. The woman is barefoot. The other person, I guess we don't see the chest, um, but I'm just presuming it's a guy. He's wearing hiking boots. And like I said, they're kind of, I mean, they're perfectly staged in front of this trail cam. Of course, that's where the deer carcass is. And they start, um, as the pictures show, like the woman grabs a hoof and raises it to her mouth. So they're like, oh, they're eating the deer carcass. Who would take a chomp out of a hoof? You can't break your damn teeth. Yeah. And anyway, the granddad said, we're not going to call the police about it because there's nothing technically illegal going on here. Yeah. Just some naked people touching a dead deer. It's not illegal to be a weirdo yet. Okay. But then it comes around, why is this a story? Yeah, I don't know. Right? What's here? And this is... In Canada, and I'm reading about it in America, and all I know is that the woman who, you know, they're grabbing quotes from for the story and stuff, she's a nurse in Canada with horses. She says that her horses get spooked in that area, if that adds anything to it. Oh, yeah. I wondered if that was the woman in the pictures, you know, with a boyfriend or something. She's just trying to pull the fast one. Yeah, you know, it's a good get. People are like, oh, it's a demon. Oh, it's a skinwalker. Karenia Stanhope. Yeah, her last name's Stanhope. That's, That's a good funny. get. Uh, you know, oh, it's witches. It's a ritual. Yeah. Satanic shit going on. But I just thought, wow, that's a great way to get your nudes online. Oh, dear. That's kind of a fun stunt. Touching hoofs. Whimsical. Could it be a? Uh, could it be like a dating um, ad, too, though? Oh, maybe. For this woman? Like, because all I thought also when I, I scrolled through the pictures and there was one with her horses and you could see like the forest in the background and the barn. And I was like, wow, what lovely acreage she's on. Mm. And, you know, I'm not seeing a ring or a dad. She's living with her granddad, got three kids, whatever. Okay. <laughs> she's just putting She's a nurse. Hey, for you fuck's know, sake. There's witches in the area, but like, you know, they keep to themselves. Sometimes you catch them on a trail cam. <laughs> Or just, like, they're crusties, you know? Yeah. Looking for a meal, damn it. That woman doesn't look like she's really, like, searching for a meal, though. She looked fine. Yeah. Meaty. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's weird. And then the the just the photos being released, and they're very carefully chosen, tastefully edited, you know? Not edited, but arm in front of Presented. boobs. They're it's, hitting pause at all the wrong spots. Yeah. Like, they know that the trail cam's there. And that's what it... She had this quote where she's just like, well, you know, I hope they're just out for a walk on some really good drugs. <laughs> whatever. Okay. Yeah. So that was a weird one. Witches. Whatever. Either way, it's just an attention grabber. 
You know? You have my Don't attention. Don't look this way, slave. One of the headlines said, scantily clad witches, and that's all they had to say to get me to <laughs> click on it. Hey. So, you know, there we go. Well, yeah. A breech cloth is pretty scantily clad. Yeah, naked in the woods. That's fun, but you don't need a dead deer to be to make it fun to be naked in the woods. No, definitely That's not. That's just natural. In Italy, an angler reeled in what he believes will be the next world record catfish catch. Yeah, he got a bite in Italy's longest river, the Po, and had a hell of a time reeling it in between the strong currents and submerged obstacles he had to fight with. 40 minutes later, he got a glimpse of the beast and realized he had hooked a monster. So he tried gloving its mouth a couple times, but said the fish was too strong. So he moved his boat to shallower water and ended up just, like, pulling the fish into shore that way. Mm. So um, this catfish was nine feet long. Oh, my God. And the pictures are ridiculous. I'll post those in the chat, too. And, of course, if you're listening in the future, they are all... In the show notes. But yeah, he said that at one point, you know, he tied the fish to his boat so it could stay in the water and recover after that fight. And he forgot to anchor his boat. So the catfish took off with his boat and he had to swim after it. Oh my God. (laughs) Rookie mistake. Yeah. Yeah. He was worried about stressing the catfish out. So he never weighed it. Um, He just, you know, measured it with, I think, nine or 10 other people and then released it. Fucking ludicrous. Isn't that insane? That is a huge cat. A monster catfish, I tell you. Oh, shit, bro. The pictures are unreal. Yeah, and he lists all of his gear and stuff. I was looking at the hooks. I was just like, damn. Hooks bigger than my hand to catch these monsters. Incredible. Yep. Kind of like this next story where a woman in New York had a public meltdown that turned into a rampage lasting 30 minutes. And you know what time it was? 4.20 p.m. on a Sunday. Oh, man. Yeah, there were multiple 911 calls that came in uh, about this lady who was lunging at strangers with their babies, screaming in people's faces. Uh, there was one lady she grabbed by the hair and tried to drag her a couple feet. Damn. Uh, guy was sitting nearby with his newspaper. She swiped it from his hands and ripped it up. <laughs> Walked by some diners and... <laughs> flipped their drinks onto the sidewalk, smashing the glasses, flipped tables, pulled trash out of a trash can and hurled it over a fence, only to get apprehended by the cops 30 minutes later. There was a dude filming it when the cops arrested her, and uh, he said, she needs to not be let out. No more. And... She looked at that guy and said, nobody died, bitch. Nobody. <laughs> and I was kind of with her on that. I was, I was kind of feeling that shit. You know, people watch this. She was, a, for what it's worth, transported to a hospital for evaluation. But people watch this video, and they probably see a woman having a mental health crisis. I watched this video, and I saw a woman living her best life in embracing authenticity. <laughs> Come on. You know, <laughs> uh, you see someone reading a newspaper. What do you want to do? 
Rip it out of their heads and rip it to shreds. You're doing them a favor. Sometimes when you're walking through the grocery store, have we not all gotten that random urge to just knock over those stupid cardboard cutouts with things dangling off of them at the end of the aisle? <laughs> I sure have. And then, of course, you know, my lame, boring, rational brain is like, ah, that's funny, but don't do it. Because someone's got to pick it up. Nobody whether died, somewhere bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, it was an intense. It was intense, and the video's up for everyone to see. A day she won't be able to live down. Uh, but she went for it. And for that, we thank her. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. You know who else I'm thanking today? Who's that? This man over the pond in jolly old England who decided to hop out of his car and fill up his gas tank completely naked. Tis the season! <laughs> It's hot outside. Don't you want to see me naked? Yes. <laughs> Fuck these slave clothes that we're told to wear. Yeah, this guy, he drives a car and his license plate says naked. Oh, man. But he was wearing walking boots. I know in America there's laws. You have to have shoes on while driving. Is that for real? Uh, it was in Massachusetts. Because I remember driving barefoot once and then my friend screaming at me and throwing some flip-flops at my head. I was like, jeez, I'm not getting pulled over today. But anyway, uh, we also have laws in America that you have to wear clothes when you're outside. In Missouri, it is not illegal to drive while barefoot, but the state condemns the act as unsafe. Oh, shit. But it doesn't say Massachusetts. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Let's see. What about Rhode Island? I was going to say, like, you know, Rhode Island and New Hampshire, easy to slip in and out of. (laughs) Especially Rhode Island for me. But... Yeah, anyway, why driving bare? Oh, come on, how ludicrous there is that? There is not a law prohibiting driving without shoes in Massachusetts. In fact, none of the 50 states ban barefoot driving. Oh, well, that see, sound, I got I, bad information, That's man. what I thought. It seemed like one of those uh, made-up millennial laws, like No Agenda talked about, you know? Yeah. They'll be like, oh, you can't do this, it's illegal. Which, I mean, first of all, okay. C-Dubs had some good points in the chat earlier about illegal versus unlawful. Mm. You know? Like, illegal, you're... Uh, Going against the laws and unlawful is more of that, uh, well, it's not accordance in the law, but it's not authorized by the law. But it's not explicitly prohibited. I agree with him that uh, he's saying barefoot means more control. You can feel better Yeah, because you're feet. feeling with your foot. Yeah. This is where all the nerve endings are, <laughs> Shouldn't man. Shouldn't be any kind of issue. Touching it with my toes. Yeah. I like doing all things barefoot. Is it illegal to steer with your feet? There is no law in the books that says you can't drive with both feet. Okay, come on. Okay, but you know what? Let's not give them any ideas. Enough of this. We're, this story comes from England, right? And, yes. And uh, this guy's a naturist. So he goes around Naturally. Running, running his errands naked, and he says that there's no law against it. So England's got one up on us. Because if I step outside and people see me and I got no clothes on, I'm in trouble. It's just weird they talk to checks into it. Right? If I get caught, best case scenario is a fine. Yeah. Sucks. They try to lock you up in the mental institution or something. Yeah. And this guy, he said, well, you know, I, I see people taking videos and pictures of me, and I don't care because of the birthday suit. It's totally normal, and people should embrace it. And he said, for him, being naked is good for his mental health and that he has yet to receive a bad reaction from the public. Even though he runs around doing his errands, riding his bike naked, sometimes filling up his gas tank what? in the nude. He said people just giggle and ask him for photos and sometimes ask him why he has no clothes on. 
But, you know, it's summer. Yeah. Fuck clothes. Overrated. Terribly overrated. And in America, overregulated. Yeah. Well, welcome to everything here. Yep. Also across the pond, there seems to be a plant thief in Kent. So Gwiff the Cock needs to get on this and stop this bitch. Uh, yeah, the f- security footage has caught a woman wearing a backpack opening people's gates and sliding into their gardens at 3.30 a.m. Uh-oh. Yep, just slipping through. And she's got a flashlight, too, picking and choosing her plants. There was one house that she hit twice, then another, and then the third was the one that shared their security footage with uh, authorities after she took a box of their flowers and five fuchsia. <laughs> fuchsia. <laughs> I get fuchsia. fuchsia plants. Duh. Not the fuchsias. But I thought it was strange she's just taking flowers, not vegetables. You know? Maybe she's dumb. Clearly. <laughs> Because whatever the flowers cost in the big box stores is going to be less than the fines and court fees and whatever you're going to end up paying after this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they haven't caught her yet, but, I mean, her face is all the way over here in America. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Manhunt for a flower woman. Exactly. Now in New Mexico, a woman bit off more than she could chew after ordering a Coney dog from Sonic. (laughs) <laughs> oh no yeah she took a bite and uh was like oh that kind of tastes like plastic <laughs> and found a little plastic baggie on her hot dog oh no hot dog johnny oh no 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 <laughs> if i was ordering a hot dog from sonic i would be having i just know it would be a bad day for me <laughs> come on you're already at a low fucking, point <laughs> yeah you're ordering a hot dog from sonic you can get a dog for a couple cents in a package, you know, sure. cook it at home, grill it, sure. make it delicious. Yeah, it's already a bad day. You're ordering the Sonic hot dog. <laughs> oh, with this bite that she took, she should have known that it was gonna be a really great day oh, fuck. because oh. it was a bag of cocaine on her fuck? hot dog. <laughs> yeah, and she didn't get any. She didn't bite through the baggie. She stopped and was like, "Whoa." Whatever this white substance is, I didn't get any in my mouth. I'm fine. That's what they all say. But you know what she did? What? She called the police. God damn it. And now the 54-year-old man who made her Coney dog and should have made her day will be facing felony charge for possession of a controlled substance because he dropped his bag on the hot dog. So unsmooth. I can't believe it, yeah. And they were talking about reviewing uh, footage inside the store and... He makes this dog, and then moments later is looking frantically around for something. Oh, no. As you might imagine. That has to be the worst thing that could happen. You're just trying to grind out some sweaty bullshit shift at Sonic. Trying to get out of there so you can go fucking rail some sunshine. And then all of a sudden, your bag disappears, and you're like, where the fuck? I just had it. Where did it go? Sucks. And then you get phone calls? No way. Oh, then you get picked up by the cops. Oh, my God, bro. Yeah, your shitty day goes to hell. And this woman is, well, I don't know, just a white bag of substance or something or other on my hot dog. Stop calling the police so much. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, it's crazy. And, of course, you know, we know it's cocaine because the police 
did their field test and said it's cocaine. Okay. So. Must be cocaine then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine if people just minded their own business. It would what be so woman, weird. Okay, so that woman doesn't do drugs. I get it, right? But what if she sure. just had taken the bag, gone back to Sonic, been like, hey, you know, someone dropped this on my hot dog, and I uh, think someone's going to be looking for it. <laughs> even then, there's an investigation opened up. You'd have to see who's cool. Yeah, fair enough. Fair or you just have to, like, go... All you'd have to do is this. Sonic always has, like, one or two of those outside picnic tables you can order it from. Yes. So you just post up one of those. They have a window that you can see right through, right to the line, and everyone that's working in there. You can see the whole store. And you just sit there for a while, and you look for the guy that's looking around everywhere like he's losing his mind. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, that's the, there he is. There he is. And then you just make eye contact with him and go, hey, yep. just do a little finger wag. No, just do, like, the head nod upward, you know, the chin up, like, A-O. Yeah, the reverse nod. Yeah, reverse nod. That's unthreatening. Ah, uh, it depends. Oh, really? everything I do is unthreatening. So ah, uh, yeah. There's that. <laughs> wow, bad day. Yeah, heart goes out. Yeah, bad day all around. God, stupid controlled substances act. America, land of the free, and here we are. Nah, not so free. Yeah, only big pharma drugs for you. Well, I only have one land story left. This one comes from Maryland. In 2007, the state asked a group, the War of the Eight, <laughs> excuse me, the War of 1812 Bicentennial Commission, to make a design for the plates that would be uh, handed out soon. You know, vehicle plates. And right. they came up with this illustration of Fort McHenry with, uh, you know, broad stripes, bright stars, bombs bursting in air. And they had a website address that they put at the bottom, which was theirs, starspangled200.org. And this was the standard issue plate uh, from 2010 until September 2016 when the Maryland flag plates were introduced. Gotcha. Well, the year's now 2023. There are about 798,000 of these Maryland license plates out there on the road. But the website now takes people... To a gambling site in the Philippines. Damn. And the Maryland Vehicle Administration, of course, doesn't own the website or endorse the content, but uh, what can they do about it? That is pure classic government. Yep. So stupid that they can't even hold on to a URL long term. Yeah. What a bunch of dummies. Well, you know what they're... uh, If you're going to stamp it on a license plate, you're going to have to have a long term plan to keep that URL. Seriously. And as a government agency, that should be trivial. Well, you know what their PR team is saying. <sighs> uh, we're working with the IT department to oh my identify God. options and resolve the yeah. issue. Well, we're locked out of our email on this one. Yeah. What a bunch of fucking idiots, Good dude. Good luck. Absolutely embarrassing. <laughs> my only surprise is that they didn't call it a glitch. I was waiting for the glitch. I really was. Oh, man. Yep. They haven't called it a glitch yet. It will soon be blamed on the glitch. No doubt. Well, it won't be uh, any glitch when I beat all your asses at bowling on Saturday. Oh, now, now. <laughs> uh, maybe it will. Come join us. Come uh, join in the fun. We're going to be bowling near Uranus 
from 1 to 3 p.m. this Saturday. And then uh, we're going to go check out a fudge factory that's uh, up there. Right up there in Uranus. Bet you didn't even know it was there. We didn't until recently. We're going to explore that together. Uranus. Yeah, Uranus. Shit, we might even uh, do some kind of a bowls with buds about it at some point. If we can figure it out, set it up right. Uh, But you know you can bank on us returning next Tuesday night. Same time, same streams. Including stream.bullafterbull.com and live on the No Agenda stream right after DH Unplugged. I'll let it start right around 9 central every single goddamn Tuesday. Until then, I will be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I will remain Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Dame DeLorean, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. Bowls and buds and bowls and bowls. That's why his body fell apart. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. I'm sick of your fucking smoke. Once it was reluctantly aroused. It was hard to get it aroused, and it is hard to get it aroused, but we got it aroused. You come for me. I'm gonna come. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl.com. <laughs> <laughs>